take the case of Jimmy Barnes. Jimmy played baseball all afternoon, and he didn't feel like walking home, so he decided to thumb a ride. He'd done it a hundred times before, and he didn't think anything was unusual when the driver struck up a friendly conversation. The following Saturday, they went fishing together. By now, they were using first names. Ralph said it was more friendly. Jimmy hadn't enjoyed himself so much in a long time. What Jimmy didn't know was that Ralph was sick. A sickness that was not visible like smallpox, but no less dangerous and contagious. A sickness of the mind. You see, Ralph was a homosexual, a person who demands an intimate relationship with members of their own sex. But by now, Jimmy felt a fondness for Ralph, and they continued to go places together. Ralph was generous and took Jimmy many interesting places and did many nice things for him. He bought presents and even gave him money. But payments were expected in return. The decision is always yours, and your whole future may depend on making the right one. So no matter where you meet a stranger, be careful if they are too friendly, if they try to win your confidence too quickly, and if they become overly personal. One never knows when the homosexual is about. He may appear normal, and it may be too late when you discover he is mentally ill. So keep with your group, and don't go off alone with strangers unless you have the permission of your parent or teacher. visible like smallpox. They appear to be normal, <laughs> like most people. How could one tell? They may blend in with a crowd. All right. Be on alert. <laughs> They're coming for your children. It is uh, three three minutes and eight. Can you just pop me down ever so slightly? Thank you. It's three minutes and 18 seconds. The best part I like, the part I like the best, though, is the, uh, but payments were expected in return. I like that you can't tell that they're mentally ill. Also, the uh, if you watch that video, the entire time Jimmy is shirtless and nubile. Uh, you didn't tell me there was a video. Oh, it's great. Oh, no, it's great. There's a, it's a whole classroom video called Boys Beware. There's also one called Girls Beware. Oh, I haven't seen that. I, see, but I haven't watched it either. That one is called Boys Beware about a young man named Jimmy Barnes uh, who was picked up by this. And Ralph... The homosexual. Ralph is great, too, because he's got this, like, fantastic, loud, like, Vegas sport coat on. Lots of bad jewelry. Huge teeth. The big molestache. And uh, and then bald, but with, like, long, flowing, like, he's got the long, flowing fringe. It really is fantastic. Uh, girls beware. 
is the accompanying film, but I haven't ever seen that one. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's around, but I've never watched it. All right. Why, hello. It's four minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this the month of March in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. Solid State Radio. Uh, it is Monday, and uh, welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming by. It's 503 733 If you would like to join us today with your comments, questions, clarifications, kibetches, uh, two cents, uh, whatever ye might have. 503-733-2970. All right. Looking around, here's how unprepared I am for today's program. Not that I'm a, that's the wrong way to put it. Uh, here's how disorganized I am today. Actually, about 60 seconds before the show started, I realized I didn't even have my headphones. So, I'm looking around, and it's just still all the scattered detritus from last week. So, as we do this opening, I'm going to try to uh, sort of put together a, a, some sort of cogent list of what it is we're going to be doing today. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will be joining us today. Uh, we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum about the opening day of, I think, baseball season opens today. Maybe. <laughs> I think so. I say, trying to sum it up. Uh, the recollection of whatever it is I read in the prep sheet this morning. I did. I saw some super excited person on the news this morning when I woke up at 5 a.m. and couldn't go back to sleep. Really? So excited about the baseball season, yeah. They must yeah. be it, then. Any chance to play center field by John Fogarty. Uh, all right, so baseball's opening day. And uh, James Roof uh, will talk to us today about, uh, because the writer's strike was on and then it was over, and now uh, some of the first programs sort of written in the wake of the writer's strike are getting ready to come back. So he'll be talking about that today. There's got to be more strikes coming, too. There's the SAG strike is coming up, right? Or the the actor strike? Well, SAG and AFTRA split over the weekend. So there are going to be more problems there. AFTRA is the television actors. The American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Am I a member of AFTRA? You are not. There oh. was only one AFTRA station here, and that was Kink, and they got rid of them. However, the only AFTRA station left is KGW. All right, okay. Uh, so, so the TV actors and the film actors split over the weekend. Yes. And but only the film actors are striking? No. Well, they were going to negotiate together, and now it, it just makes things messier because they're going to negotiate separately. Oh, I see. First, there was strength through unity. Correct. But as he always does, the man has, and conquer. The man has come in, and he has split the workers against one another. Mm -hmm. That's really the man's only skill. Yeah. The man's only skill is to split, divide, and sometimes to oppress. But SAG is still the better union. All right, so there you go. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll talk about that. We've got a uh, Britney watch coming up today. Uh, Geek watch. Uh, latest update on the uh, if you like Barack Obama song, which I know we're all sick of, but we have to follow this till its dreadful conclusion. Oh, I'm not sick of it yet. I tortured my friends drunkenly all weekend with that song. I just tortured myself with it all weekend long. I oh, and no, I I made people listen to it. Stuck in my head, desperately wanting to shut myself in a small blackened room, bereft of any sound, so I wouldn't have to hear it anymore. How many friends does Obama Rama have on the MySpace? I don't know, but you know, I went uh, and there was about 700 profile views by Saturday and. Uh, a whole lot of people had listened to the song. I might as well just cut to the chase. So, okay, 1,400 profile views. Fantastic. <laughs> Behold the power of the media. God, I love people. All I right. feel like Barack Obama has been played 500 times. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so, uh, uh, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, uh, uh, we'll talk about that here in a few. I think we're going to talk to Peter Carlin uh, later on today, who is uh, back from London. Uh, let's see what else. I honestly don't know. I'm sure that the answer is somewhere inside this large pile of papers that I've got here. Um, 
so on uh, Saturday or Sunday, Sunday I was I was at I was at work one of the days. Maybe it was Sunday. I was I came in to do some crap, and just you know on a whim on a lark uh, yesterday I went to Google and I typed in the phrase, "If you like Barack Obama," just to see if anybody was referencing it, just to see if anybody had talked about it. Just to give you a little backstory here, so the deal is that we created this horrible Barack Obama parody song, and now the goal is to see if we can get it played by some idiot DJ who takes it seriously. And it, for the first person who can do that and who can provide tape of it, if you can get us tape of another radio station playing the song, uh, we got a copy of the original Star Wars trilogy on DVD uh, for you. More details about that coming up. So I go to Google this weekend, and I typed in, if you like Barack Obama, and as of yesterday... Somebody had already created a YouTube video for it. So there is... How are you looking at it now? Have you seen that? Well, I'm seeing like a, a huge Obama national website that says, A local DJ in Portland, Oregon, devoted his show yesterday to writing a song. He took the tune of Pina Colada and made an Obama campaign song. And then it has a link to so the... So it's like on a message board? No, no, no. Somebody has already created a YouTube video for it. No. It, yeah, seriously. Go to YouTube and type in, uh, if you like Barack Obama... And I know they're a listener, too, because there's multiple shots of the Obama shirt that's hanging in the studio where it's like Obama the pimp. Um, so if you uh, if you go to YouTube and type in, if you like Barack Obama, you will see the a slideshow. If you like Barack Obama by Obama-rama. Yeah, and it's, it clearly, and I don't know who it is. Like I didn't get an email from anybody. I just happened to see it because I typed in the phrase, if you like Barack Obama, uh, this weekend. And I mean, it's just the song. They have an all day. It's just the song with a whole slideshow. Uh, of Obama photos, but there's multiple shots of this great, uh, like, blinged-out Obama shirt we have here in the studio. It's pretty fantastic. That's genius. So, uh, anyway, we'll talk more about that here in a few. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification. Well, first, I want it to be known that I cleaned up the kitchen this morning when I came in <laughs> due to the fact that somebody left a chocolate rabbit on the table and people took bites of it and spit pieces on the table and left the empty <laughs> box there. Okay, so, so so somebody thought it would be a good idea to leave a chocolate rabbit on the table because people would eat, and they were right. Okay. Some people did eat pieces off the chocolate rabbit. Others bit pieces off and left it on the table. It's now time for, can I confess something? You did it. I brought the chocolate <gasps> rabbit. Oh, you were the chocolate rabbit. No, I, Tim and I have been talking disgustingly about it all brought, morning. I brought the chocolate rabbit in. So somebody thought, and you thought... You thought correctly if that you somebody get, would like the chocolate rabbit. If you want to get rid of food, you put it in a radio station. Uh, no, so he, let me just talk. <laughs> that a was little, a giant chocolate rabbit. You don't even know. Let me talk a little bit about the chocolate rabbit here. My, did you gnaw on it before you left it on the table? Uh, I broke a piece off, yes. I didn't gnaw on it, but I did break off a piece. Uh, you know, Somebody I, broke pieces off it, took bites of it, and left other pieces on the table. It, it wasn't just any chocolate rabbit. Here's the thing, just so we can establish this. First of all, I should say that I'm not much of a chocolate fan, but when I do eat chocolate, I prefer the really cheap uh, ghetto kind that they use uh, for, like, Easter candies, as opposed to, like, upscale chocolate. And that's just, this is my childhood. Um, but my wife came home, and it was sort of a goof. She came home, I think, Saturday night, mm -hmm. and she had found this chocolate rabbit at Safeway. Big. It was 75% off, of course, because she just bought it, like, three days ago. And it was called Bunny Big Ears. And the selling point of this Bunny Big Ears Easter chocolate rabbit is that the rabbit itself is about six inches high. The ears are about eight inches. 
So basically, because and we had this discussion with Lisa Desjardins last week about what part of the rabbit you eat first, and she said, well, everybody eats the ears. They have capitalized on that now by creating bunny big ears. And he is a, a chocolate <laughs> Easter oh, rabbit. Oh, you would buy something called bunny big ears. It was hilarious, because it, it looks like some it looks some sort of mutant uh, bunny. Uh, but, but his ears were about 200% the size of his body. So my wife brought it home for like a goof. I broke off part of the ears and had some. But then I'm like, you know, I don't want to have this around the house because I'm just going to eat it all. So if you, so, but radio station kitchens are like the disposal uh, of the broadcasting world. And so I just brought in the bunny and I left it on the kitchen table knowing it would be gone. But you are saying that not only, but, but, but they left it a mess. It was cannibalized and disfigured. <laughs> So I took the remains and gave it a decent burial in the trash can, yeah. so I didn't have to look at it anymore. It really grossed me out. But I mean, it wasn't just totally gone. Gross. I figured it all would have just. No, been... he said it was like gnawed and like it ripped apart. And, like somebody let some rats loose. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, well, I'm sorry about that. Well, it's not your fault. You know your coworkers well, or wherever these people are that we have no idea. To, to be to be fair, the way that I, I put the rabbit in the box, <laughs> now I had broken off part of the ears, to be fair, but I had put the rabbit in the box, I had closed the box, laid it down on the table, it, I had not strewn things everywhere, I had put the bunny in... Sounds so weird. I had put the bunny in the box. The box is torn. <laughs> the, the bunny is bitten, disfigured, and scattered all over the table. Yeah, it wasn't it, it was begging to be cleaned up. It was gross. Like some sort of ritualistic Easter sacrifice. Uh -huh. Well, sorry about that. Well, in any event. So that's my fault. I brought the bunny big ears to the station. I'm glad you took the uh, initiative to clean the kitchen, though. <laughs> what a way to start the day. Oh, were we supposed to do headlines here? I, I think so. Not that it matters now, but at this point, Bill Clinton is meeting with Portland senior citizens. Hillary refuses to quit, and the Democratic Party list of bigwigs begging her to do so continues to grow at an alarming pace. A woman runs down her husband after church in Malala. Iraqi Airlines has ordered 50 new planes. Jesus. Uh, apparently, they, they're counting on people coming to the country to vacation. A cancer expert believes cell phones could cause more deaths than smoking. A fireworks malfunction injures dozens at WrestleMania in Florida. Really? Uh-huh. Excellent. And remember we were talking about the Willamina, that Oregon town of the news? Yeah. Where the politicians were trying to keep out those illegal aliens? Well, apparently, a homegrown local real American woman stabbed a little girl in town over the weekend. Well, a, a real American. Okay. Cool. Anywho, we're joined today as always by the lovely and talented Terex Dillon. Why, hello, and how are you? Hello. I'm doing well. Oh, I just got a confirmation uh, in the in my email inbox uh, that we do have Roger Klein. Excellent. April 22nd. Uh, which is a, what is that, a Friday, a Thursday? Oh, no, I'm sorry, Monday, April 21st at 2 o'clock. Monday, April 21st. Okay, so, uh, and because his show is Saturday uh, it's actually a big deal. So Saturday we're going to see Roger Klein, or I'm going to see Roger Klein anyway. And then on Monday that Once concert is oh happening. Oh my God! It's How big excited week. are you for that? No, it's a big week for music. I'm excited. All right. Yes, I listened to the Once soundtrack many times this weekend. All right. I'm sorry. I'm just making a couple uh, notes here about uh, this weekend. Okay. And I'm, I know. Did you have a fabulous weekend? I had a fabulous weekend. I did. Weekend. My my weekend was action packed. So I tried to be social on Friday. You're my witness. I uh, know. I was so proud of you. That band, My New Vice, was playing at. McFad At uh, O'Malley's. O'Malley's. Why do I always want to say McFadden's? I don't know. Uh, everyone says that. Uh, on, uh, up on Foster. And so I uh, I tried to go. I did actually go. I thought it started at 9.30. And so at 10 o'clock I showed up thinking it would already be in full swing. I could come in, uh, hear, hear, hear a little music and leave and whatever. Uh, and then I got there at 10 just in time to run into your ex-boyfriend. That was fun. Uh, and... Uh, 
And then uh, and then I called you and you weren't there. And you're like, no, it doesn't start till 11:30. Why are you there? And I said, I don't know. And so I just left and went home. Yeah, I, I thought it had started earlier than that yeah. as well. So you're my witness, though. I tried to go out and be social. It is true. I'm I'm very proud good of for you. Good you. Yeah. No, I I made. But see now. It was I don't a really to, good show. I wish you would have stayed. I'm sure it was. But now I don't have to try to do anything for two weeks. There now were a I, lot of listeners there too. I met a bunch of them. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. I went in, looked around, and then uh, no no one was there, and so I left. So, yeah. But I feel like I've got a hall pass for about the next two weeks. I no longer have to leave the house and do anything. You did. You did make an attempt. All right. Good yeah, that turned out to be a really fun night. Uh, let's see here. I, I'm sorry. I just have all of this stuff that is piled up that I, and I apologize to everybody for not having had time. Oh, to, yes. I went and saw a crappy this. movie this weekend. What would you say? Anyone, don't ever go see Shudder. Oh, like I was going to. <laughs> well, I, you know how much I heart Joshua Jackson after meeting him. Uh-huh. He was such a nice guy. But Good he, to see his career's uh, on the up. I know. He picks such poor films. <laughs> it was so bad. It was comically Does bad. It make Bobby look like uh, like Citizen Kane. It was like it, it was like somebody doing a parody of what they thought a scary um, like Japanese horror movie should be. Well, that's unfortunate. It that was is too bad. It was really very very bad. I saw a crappy movie of my own, by the way. Where oh, did you? Okay. Where was it playing? I uh, went to um, actually went with a friend of mine, and we just like went to the movie theater. We're like, we're gonna go see a movie. What should we see? And that one started right around the time. So you we didn't go to that. that. Would you go to that place in eighty second? I usually go to that place, but I went to uh, the Lloyd Cinemas. Oh, that's uh, wait in uh, in the mall or no? I've never the seen mall? a movie in the mall. The one across the mall. Going to see a movie inside that mall. I can't see mall. a movie in the mall. No, that's like an experience in and of itself. It really is. And then you can't figure out how to get out, and all the doors are locked. <laughs> I did that before. And then you feel like you're in a bad Roger Corman film where you're trapped. It's like a little after midnight. You're the only one walking in the dark at the Lloyd Center, trying to find your way out. And you know, whatever exit you choose, there's a murderer waiting outside the door. It's like that. Feels like that Twilight Zone where you're a mannequin who's forgotten you're a mannequin, and you're being called back to Macy's. And you think that was a great movie. Oh wait a minute, I'm at the Lloyd Center. Oh yeah, you had that time, Tim, where you were like wandering in the mall at 11 p.m. and you couldn't get out, right? Yeah, well, I had a hard time getting in in the first place. The only reason I did was there was some kid outside uh, smoking, and he left his shoe behind, holding open the door. So I, well, this must be the way in. And then after the movie, there's some meat, meat hook wielding uh, yeah. murderer. And you, I mean, you know that he's stalking you through the mall like the Gorton's fisherman. Yeah, it was really scary. Uh, so I went to see a terrible movie lesson. I saw Twenty One uh, with Kate Bosworth. And, oh, that looks uh, so bad. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. It's comp- and I the was thing it is, Kevin Spacey trying to be hip with the kids? Don't call me dude. What, yeah, <laughs> that's what it looked like. Actually, Kevin Spacey was pretty good. Well, he, I mean, he's dreamy and he's he a always, good actor. You know, he's an Oscar-winning actor. But boy, the goddamn what a terrible movie. And the thing is, I knew it was going to be terrible. I mean, the old, I was yesterday uh, that American, where the, 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 all the reviews said 21 is awful, it's tedious, it's predictable. You can hear the, the machinery of the film clanking steadily throughout the entire second and third act. All of it true, badly acted, poorly written, and yet there I was anyway. I was doing that thing that I always criticize people for doing. Well, I know it's going to be terrible, but i, I got to go. Uh, because I was a big fan of the book. I had really, really loved the book by Ben Mesrich. Um which I liked a lot. Uh, and, you know, my, my wife is a big, uh, you know, she's a big gambler and so forth. So we're like, well, let's go. But boy, Did you go to Eastport and see it? I went to, yeah, the one on 82nd. Yeah. Uh, That's a great theater, though. It, it's a really great theater. But boy, you're just, you know, and you, you pay like $80 or whatever the, for the film. And you're just sitting there. And like about four minutes in, I just knew it was awful. Uh, you know, you can... You can lie to yourself that somehow it will get better or that the movie's going to, like, the equality will suddenly spike at the midpoint mark. You know that none of that's true. In your heart, you know. And it, it, it's one of those things where the movie is so bad early on. Like, with the opening couple of shots, 21 is such a bad film. 
that you just sort of slump imperceptibly in your seat. Like, but like, you, well, you were like anticipating maybe like a, a big twist in here or something. That's exactly how it was with Shudder. Like you see the girl for the first time, like, oh, yeah. creepy Asian girl. She's kind of scary. And yeah. then she never does anything. She just stands there and looks all crazy. And, and you're hoping it. that maybe you're being lulled in and that suddenly the movie will become great. But in your heart, you know that you're in for a long two hours for which you have paid like $35. Yes, and Shudder had all like these false endings. I'm like, okay, oh, that's God. that. It's finally done. And it just kept on going. Jesus, that was the same thing with 21. It, it, it was a how many endings. It's like the return of the King syndrome. How many endings does a movie need to end? Just finish and let me go home. And we're just sitting there and every time, and, he, and I'm not going to give anything away except to say that the 21 is much different than the book. Uh, and it's got Lawrence Fishburne. And it, that's nothing. Great cast. It did a cast full of, uh, you know, the the kids are all sort of young and hot and freshly scrubbed, and Lawrence Fishburne is sort of great and menacing, and Kevin Spacey's kind of worldly and wise and sort of sardonic, and, you know, and you're thinking, and it based on such, such a great premise, it's a true story about these card counters from MIT that went to Vegas and counted cards at Blackjack and took the casinos for like $12 billion or something. Great story. Could have been a great movie. This, not that film. And at a certain point, you're even hoping that it'll be terrible, but sort of enjoyable, like a made-for-FX movie or mm -hmm. something. And it's really not even at that level. Also, here's the other problem, is that I made the mistake of seeing uh, Ocean's Eleven the night before I went to see 21. Because I had never seen Ocean's Eleven. I've seen the, the Sinatra version. But I'd never seen the George Clooney, Brad Pitt it's version. It's a fantastic mm -hmm. movie. Ocean's Eleven is really good. Don't ever see Ocean's Twelve, though. Ocean's uh, I heard, I heard Ocean's Thirteen was good, but that Ocean's Twelve is bad. I, Ocean, I saw both of them. I can't, one of them was good, one of them was bad. I can't remember. The I end. heard it's the first. But I really did sucks. like Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven is one of the coolest movies I've seen in a long time. I really, I'm glad I finally saw it. I just, I hadn't been intentionally avoiding it. I just had never gotten around to seeing it. The, the weak link, though. Come on, Julia Roberts. Oh, she's terrible. So obnoxious. No, she's terrible. She's bad. Um, and as much as I'm, as I'm a Don Cheadle fan, that guy, he's. I can only take so much of that guy doing his Cockney rhyming slang before I just wanted him to be. I wanted one of those things to blow up and kill him. Um, but it's such a, it's the coolest movie, and I know that I'm like seven years late to the party on it. But I, uh, it really, really is fantastic. Um, so I made the mistake of watching Ocean's Eleven on Saturday, and then on Sunday going to see another sort of Vegas scam film. And I mean, really, honestly, after seeing Ocean's Eleven, there's no Vegas film that's going to come even close. So that was the other thing that made that made Twenty One just terrible. So. You know, go see it if you want to, but really, I, this is me strongly advising you. Oh, God, and it ends, and I brought it so bad I brought it in with me. 21 ends with one of the worst songs I have ever heard in my life. It's, like, aggressively bad. Like, they sat down and scientifically designed a terrible, off-putting piece of music. Okay, that's pretty strange, because the, the the song that Shudder ended with did not belong to that movie. What, there was, like, some happy little, like, pop tune? You know. And I'm like, you just saw this, you know, the savage, like, killing, and then the end, and then it's like, <laughs> la, 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 la. Here's a disemboweling, followed by the cranberries. Uh, was, I actually remarked about that. I'm like, this seems really inappropriate. A couple other things that happened this weekend. Uh, so I spent all of Saturday, because I am lame, uh, on the couch watching Kissology Volume 2, uh, which uh, James, who works here in the afternoon, had lent to me. And so I'm watching Kissology Volume 2, and it was just great. And it's, you know, it's vastly entertaining. If you're a Kiss fan, it's very informative and so forth. So then later, it, you know, I'm just sort of online, kind of surfing around looking at because I don't have Kissology Volume 3. So I went online, and I was looking up Kissology Volume 3. And you know there's that thing where... When you search in Google, like it'll give you suggestions for other websites that are sort of related. And so one of them is for the Gene, that Gene Simmons sex tape uh, that's out there. Boy, don't ever watch that. That's a thing you don't ever want in your head. There's some website that has is streaming like full, huge samples uh, of the Gene Simmons uh, sex tape. 
And it's like that thing where you don't want to watch it, but like you kind of have to. I mean, I mean, you're just strangely compelled to because it's like click here, free samples of the Gene Simmons sex tape. And I went, well, it, all right. And so, so I went there, and then, and then you watch it, and that's just an image you can never scrub out. You can, you can never. And the strange thing is, he leaves this because Gene's all class. And watching the Gene Simmons sex tape, first of all, he's, it's him in that bad wig he wears. Uh, this is before he shaved his head and just went with it. He's got like the weird bowl cut wig. He's in like some some dimly lit hotel room uh, with some implanted girl, and it's Gene who is you know kind of he's not necessarily in shape. Uh, has his he has his shirt on. This sounds like a joke, but he's. Like, he doesn't even take his pants off. He just, like, he, literally his shoes and socks still on, pants shoved down around his ankles. Lassie. Totally. Pants. And you're sitting there at your home going, what is become of my life? What? Who am I? How long did you watch this for? Like, four minutes. Oh, um, come on, Rick. I was wondering if something interesting would happen. I, uh, But no, it's just Gene Simmons, literally, pants shoved down around his ankles, giving it to some blonde girl who looks like the Swiss Miss lady. And then and, and then it gets to the end. And you kind of go, well, that, who am I, and why did I just watch that? So that's out there if you want to see it. But really, there's I think it's not much you. point. Um, anyway, all right. I all of this other stuff happened. A bunch of news stories to get to. Uh, we've been offered a really terrible interview opportunity that I think we might take. So we'll get to that. Um, let me urge you now, you all here in the studio, don't go to Craigslist because I want to surprise you with this. So there are multiple more Craigslist postings about the Rick Emerson show this weekend. I've printed out the best ones, and we'll read them later. So please exercise self-control, Sarah. Okay. Is it under free stuff? Uh, I'm not going to look. But... No, it's under whatever the rants and rants and raves, or the you know the where you the uh, you know where you can like it's like a where you can bitch or praise. You know, bitch about stuff or praise things. Mm. Uh, so I printed out a, a, a whole bunch of great Craigslist, uh, Craigslist observations. Awesome. Um, more stuff about the Obama song to get to here in a short while. It's just, uh, it's just today is already yes, that chaotic. Video is gold. Oh no, the slideshow. Yeah, I, don't I just know who posted made it on my blog. That's the greatest thing ever. Some guy, some listener made uh, a slideshow of the um, uh, of the Obama song, and I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I don't know who it was. I don't know how. But it was posted sometime late Saturday night, I think. Uh, and we've already got people out there. We've already got some listeners who are working on getting that song played on a real radio station. Uh, so, again, the first person who can do that and who can come up with taped evidence of it uh, will want a copy of the Star Wars trilogy on DVD. All right, I'm going to go ahead and play us into the break here in a second with this terrible song that they play at the end of 21. Uh, now, you all know the Rolling Stones song, You Can't Always Get What You Want. A classic song, a song beloved by everybody. This is not that. Uh, they sort of tease you with it, like in the closing sequence, which I will not give away, although it is thoroughly predictable. In the closing sequence, you sort of hear uh, that children's choir. It's like a Vienna boys choir or whatever, uh, doing the sort of ah, part at the end of You Can't Always Get What You Want. And then right as they go to the closing credits, because it is a hip young film about today's uh, edgy youth, they they do what they always do which is to take a classic song and then they give it to some sub-Neptunes guy to start remixing. So uh, I'm going to play this in the break. We'll come back. Lisa Desjardins around the corner. Steve Kastenbaum. More on the Obama song. Uh, top five today. We've got this great thing for the Playmate of the Year, too, uh, that we'll talk about. This, however, is the soul wax version of the Rolling Stones. You can't always get what you want. I'm going to play a little bit of this here. This is... Uh, 
We'll play a couple minutes of this before we, uh, just so you guys can appreciate how bad it really is. Keep in mind, this song is nine minutes long, incidentally. So this is what is playing uh, as the film is wrapping up, when the guy's going in. So what I... No, it gets, it gets much worse. A glass of wine in her hand. I knew she was gonna meet her connection. It's not even in time. At her feet was but loose man. You can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, you might find you get what you need. What's going on there? Having a seizure. <laughs> it sounds like, doesn't it sound like a joke? like someone's idea of sort of parodying a remix. There's just sounds dropping in and out of nowhere, whole sections of the song appearing for no reason. You the choir. You Yeah, this is nine minutes long. This goes on endlessly. Anyway, so this is what they end the film with. A thoroughly awful film climaxed by a terrible version of a great song. All right. Uh, we'll be back after this. Lisa Desjardins around the corner. Steve Kastenbaum. More coming up. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. In the morning. Gonna, I don't think people understand what we're going through right We're going to keep it together. That opening segment was a little fragmented. You know what the opening segment of the show was just now? That opening 20-minute segment of the show was like the radio version of that awful Stones remix we just played. Okay, I've managed to... I took some time during the break. I organized my news stories, set the emails aside, got my Matrix kind of rocking over here, so I'm... I'm about ready to go. Can we please to be describing what's going on in the Oh, hallway? yeah. Richie Bristol, I'm not going to play the sounder because I don't have it in front of me. Would you uh, Would you please to be entering the studio? We'll have uh, intrepid PA Richie Bristol uh, join us on the air here in just a moment. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. All right. Well, now I don't even know where he is. Okay. Uh, he's in the kitchen with Tim, so he'll hear this in about 30 seconds. Um... <laughs> Okay, well, we'll get to we'll, we'll we'll get to Lisa in just a second, but I we have to explain something that is happening uh, here at the station right now. So, Sarah is walking around with a cup of coffee in one hand and literally like a half gallon thing of Febreze in the other hand, and here is why. Richie, as you know, is both uh, Asian and has no sense of smell. And when I say has no sense of smell, I don't mean sort of kookily. I mean he literally has. No sense of smell. His olfactory receptors were damaged at one point, and so he cannot smell anything. And that has led to the, the whole thing of that he wears a lot of cologne, often the wrong cologne, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes ladies' cologne. Sometimes ladies' cologne. Um, so 
in Asia they have sort of weird space alien fruit that they eat. Uh, you know, it's not like it's not like our normal Earth fruit. And I don't know what it's called. It's some weird mushy. He came in today and he's uh, like, "Hey, do you want to try this this you know Asian fruit that I've got?" And I smelled it, and it was like that corpse flower that blooms every 14 years or something in Britain, where it's like a fruit that smells like rotting. It smells like uh, like like. It smells like what you think a decaying person would it's smell exactly like. exactly what but, I was... but the sickly sweet smell at the same time. But the thing is, he doesn't know how bad it smells. So Richie, back in his uh, in his call screening booth, has got this box full of rotting Asian fruit. And now if you walk outside of our studio, the entire hallway downstairs and kitchen smells like death. It just smells like black demise. It's not even funny, and he thinks it's funny, but, I mean, it is the worst smell I have ever smelled. It's awful. And it's everywhere. So, Richie, uh, when you when you finally hear my voice here, would you uh, come into the studio? Because we, uh, we want to speak with you about your your choice in fruit. Death fruit. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From the hills, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Why, Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm better better than you guys. Wow, the old, like, Nixon-era, like, smelly reporter booths at the Capitol seem glorious. It's We're having a bit of a day today anyway, just because I was I had, like, five meetings in a row today, and I was running really late, and I came in, and I, 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 the, the opening theme to the show was rolling, and I realized I didn't have my headphones. Um, I All of my various news stories and emails or whatever are in one big pile. I haven't got anything sorted or categorized today. Uh, it smells like death downstairs in the hallway. Oh, God, he's brought it in the studio. Dude, what mic is he on, three or four? Hold on. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's get just... to it. Get to it. I'll be here. All right. So, Richie. So what, what kind of fruit what is What kind that? of fruit is this, Richie? Uh, fresh durian. How do you spell that? D-U-R-I-A-N. And this is a fruit that is indigenous to Asia? Yeah, it's like in trees. And... Oh, God, it smells so, so bad. Oh, my God, I can already smell it in here. Why? Don't open it. No, 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 no. Don't open that. Don't open <laughs> Do not open that. Jesus. Uh, Lisa, are you familiar with durian fruit? No, but um, a, a quick uh, Google instantly brings up the word smell and also the real forbidden fruit. Yeah. So I'm... Uh, I'm looking, and on the outside... Let me just touch the... Hold on, let me hold it. There your hands go. Uh, oh, God. God, that stinks. That's not even funny. That needs to get out of here. Really, on the outside, it looks like a hedgehog on the outside. Like, it's all covered in spikes and pines or, you know, po- pokey things. And then the inside, it, it just looks like... um. The inside looks like, uh, I remember when Oprah lost all that weight and she brought out a big wheelbarrow of fat. Comparisons oh, to the no. smell of this fruit have been made to sewage, stale yeah. vomit, suck, uh, skunk spray, and used surgical swabs. Oh, that's great. That's what I want. It's a fruit that smells oh, like God. used surgical swabs. Right. Can we please get that Can out you of here? please take this away? It tastes good. Yeah, I don't, it can't The odor can be detected half a mile away by animals. Oh, it can be detected half a mile. No, 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 close <laughs> it, dude. <laughs> you have to take that away. He keeps opening the box in the Why studio. Take that outside to the dumpster. Why don't you take that out to the burn barrel? <sighs> Jesus. Hi, Lisa. How are you today? Good. Like, just among the few descriptions I'm catching online here, um, like eating uh, essentially a sweet raspberry sauce in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> we have a winner. I mean, there's, oh, God. And now the whole studio smells. There yeah, that is, was a mistake. There are mistake. no 
That was a show bit that I now regret. That's like, right. Oh, it really, it smells like being... I wish we could transport smell onto the Internet so other people could smell how bad really, this is. Honestly, there's going to be some sort of future satellite technology that allows you to smell uh, what what's happening on the radio. It really, it's like I'm now. It's like I'm broadcasting inside a diaper. Yeah, I've got a sewage, uh, skunk spray, uh, used surgical swabs. These are among the many sales oh, vomit. Sarah's now Febrezing the entire studio. Hey, don't we have some of that Lysol spray? Oh, baby, yes. Please, let's now to be using that Lysol spray. Turpentine and onions, another description. Oh, that there's a little bit. This is like talking about some wine in hell. I'm detecting notes of onion and uh, also pain. And uh, let's see, I'm a little bit of urine and suffering. Jesus. Oh, there are no words for how bad that smells. Action. But yeah. you think of nature's way of telling you not to eat certain things? Yes. Oh, all right. Anyway, I know that this is all a little weird because we're talking about a thing that literally is only affecting two of us at the moment in the entire world. So the people who are listening and whatever aren't, you know, I, you just have to take my word for it. It smells awful in here today. <laughs> I mean, it smells bad. There's actually apparently a whole thread about how uh, this fruit is banned in some parts of Singapore. And because of the smell? or Probably because of the smell. I haven't. There's a, a picture of a sign here. And I have to admit, I saw that on Wikipedia, so it's not the most reliable thing. I'm looking around some more. But apparently in Singapore, uh, they ban the smoking, the chewing gum, and also uh, the durian fruit. I'm telling you, here's here was what happened that I did. We're totally off track now. But I I was in the studio, or in the kitchen, rather, uh, down the hall from the studio cooking my uh, lunch today, just microwaving a sandwich or whatever, and Richie comes in, and he says, and he did that thing of, hey, uh, tell me if this smells weird. Clearly, he knows that it smells weird, <laughs> even if he himself cannot smell it. And so he kind of shoves it under my face, and like an idiot, I kind of go, and I just said, what is that? And he said, oh, it's durian fruit. It's really good. Uh, and by the and then I went back upstairs to my office. By the time I came back down to do the show, it was like the mist spreading. By the time I came back down, the entire hallway smelled of death. Yes, from locked door to locked door. It's like trapped seeping, in this area. Exactly, like seeping from one studio to another. Now he brought it into the studio and opened the lid in our entire studio. Hey, here's something you don't want to hear about, uh, Richie ingesting this in mass quantities. It's supposed to be an aphrodisiac. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, Wonderful. Oh. Yeah, and so now, exactly, right, and we may be looking at the same, and it does look like it is banned in some hotels and other public transportation some places because of the smell. I think it's going to be banned at CBS Radio Portland starting uh, today, as soon as I can get to my email to send out a memo. <laughs> Jeez, all right. Um, uh, now, are you sure, is this particular batch that he has, is it rotting, or is it just, it smells like it's rotting because it just smells so terrible? I think it's the latter. I think it smelled like it had, as they say in Britain, gone off a bit, uh, but apparently not. Maybe it's this is off. the way that nature intended it to smell. <laughs> well, my question is, is this smells, and really, to people who listening, this is durian fruit that Richie uh, has brought in from his from his own native land of Asia. Um, the, I don't understand how anybody ever would have figured out that it's edible. I mean, why would you ever inject... Really, unless you were in the direst of straits. I know, like the big they're big spiky balls, basically. It, yeah, it looks threatening. It looks like something... It looks like something that will later burst out of your chest while you're sitting at dinner with an Nostromo crew. <laughs> and it smells like just... It smells like like doom. That's what it smells like. Yeah. I don't know why anybody would ever have eaten this. There were just a good five thousand years where people were just putting anything in their mouths. 
Anything that that could fit somehow in their mouth, you know, the the potato. Actually, they lucked whoever got the potato lucked out. That's that's true. You know, somebody who picked up a rock was like, wait, that looks. It's this. Why why is yours delicious? And and mine is breaking my teeth. So yeah, that's the same period of time. You know, the other thing I think now we're just totally. Throwing, yeah, it's true. I'm, my, the other thing I think about is is a beer because they have. They speculate that beer, because it's such an unlikely confluence of ingredients and circumstance, they say that beer was probably made when some kind of uh, grain or you know barley or whatever the hell they make beer out of um, was in like literally was like in a mud puddle after a storm, was sat there in the heat, right. fermented, and then my thing is who drank that? <laughs> who said hey look at that barley that's been fermenting in a mud puddle for three months? I'm gonna drink that, and then when you drank it and it made you dizzy and vomiting, you said I'm gonna keep drinking it and I'm gonna find out a way to make it in my basement. Right. Exactly. Jesus. All right. Um, so there you go. Well, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I I don't even know how to get back on on track here. Um, no, was it, uh, except to say two things. Did you see, and I'm sure you did, this great? It was interesting to see the dichotomy of this. Barack Obama made the greatest little passive slap at Hillary this weekend. And you probably know what I'm talking about, which is where he said he said he, he encouraged her to stay in the race, or words to that effect, <laughs> which is great, which is just a great little right between your seventh and eighth ribs. Right, and this after, of course, I mean, it was, it was a f fantastic timing because this after one of his supporters, Patrick Leahy, last week said, you need to drop out. So it was this great sort of pivot around, exactly. And, I mean, it's it's one of those things that he – it is where it seems so polite and it seems so great and, and, and embracing the democratic process on the surface. But clearly, uh, you know, it was designed – you figure that everything that comes out of a politician's mouth is designed to have a certain effect. Every word is chosen very carefully. Like when he called this week – and there's another thing where Obama called Hillary Clinton a fierce opponent, which – is the sort of thing that looks like a compliment, but obviously the word fierce is chosen because it has a sort of a negative connotation to it. Mm -hmm. um, the interesting thing, though, is that, you know, on the one hand, the Obama campaign says something like, well, we encourage Senator Clinton to stay in the race, and they, of course, probably think and are correct in thinking that it's a nice little passive way to kind of put the boot on her neck a little bit more. Uh, meanwhile, Hillary Clinton, you know, to her, it's not, I mean, there's no, there's, there's nothing joking about that, where she actually flat out said today that she wouldn't get out before, I think, the end of June. Um, and she actually, I think she actually did say officially this weekend, she said, I'll take it to the convention if I have to. Yes. So. And I, I mean, and that's, that's, but, you know, when is, at what point does she decide that and what exactly are her, uh, you know, what are the parameters for that? And I think it comes back to this idea of she really wants to win the popular vote. She needs a huge vote in Pennsylvania to help do that and needs to try and keep uh, Barack Obama down in Indiana and in, of course, the fabulous state of Oregon. Excellent. She needs to get it done there. How's, I mean, are you, are, you, do you, are you feeling any Hillary Clinton presence there? No, no, uh, no, although uh, a friend of mine is very excited because he, the Hillary Clinton campaign headquarters is going to be right near where he used to live. Um, Barack just came here and had 12,000 people show up, um, uh, including my wife. So the people are very, very into him. I, it's interesting when we were in, this isn't here, but in Las Vegas, uh, we were in Vegas last weekend and my, we saw a Hillary Clinton, 
uh, bumper sticker on a car in front of us. And my wife made the observation. She said, hey, look, it's a Hillary sticker. And I said, yeah. And she said, you know, you never see those. And it is true that here you see a lot of, uh, you see a lot of, even now you see a lot of W things. You see a lot of Obama stickers. You saw a lot of Ron Paul stuff. But you never really see uh, Hillary stickers, bumpers, posters, placards, anything here. Uh, this is, it does seem to be, this does seem to be very firmly in the Obama camp, Oregon does. That is interesting because I, you're right. I saw some. I saw Hillary in Nevada. I saw I saw some Hillary stickers in Texas and in New Hampshire, the state that she did well in. Uh, so maybe that could be an indication. All right. Well, I apologize for getting absolutely bupkis done how's today. The smell going, guys. Are you? Do you guys think? Can you adjust now? Are you? Is your? No. It's a little better, but now I'm afraid that like we smell like it. Yeah. Now it's, it's really saturated aware. my clothing, and so now I'm going to go up and speak to people upstairs, and they're going to think that I haven't been properly trained, if you know what I mean. Uh, so, you know about this fruit. So now it's it's durian fruit mixed with Febreze, mixed with what <laughs> what scent of Lysol is that, Sarah? Uh, let me see. Autumn daisy or something or. It's Sunny days. Sunny days. Yeah. So, you know. Where is the fruit right now? Richie's taking it back down to his call screening room. We're so going to... I'm just... I don't even think we should open the studio door for the rest no. of the night. No. just... No, people are going to have to slip things under the... Uh, people have to slip things under the door to get to us. And it's... And I was going to suggest that he burn that fruit, but I'm afraid that might allow its evil to spread, sort of Leviathan style. So I think we're going to have to take that out to the dumpster. You're perilously close to some sort of silkwood. <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous about that's a, this is That's a great reference. Well done. Um, yeah, I, I so right. I think uh, tomorrow, assuming that we're not all overtaken uh, by the scent and that they don't come in and, and find our bodies in the studio later today, right. I'm imagining we will uh, we will speak to you tomorrow. And tomorrow, I'll actually try to get something done here in this segment. Hey, hey okay, great. All right, thank you, Lisa. You got it. All right, there you go. Jesus. Hey, Tim, how bad does it smell in the hallway? Like scale of one to ten. It's all right now. Really? Is it, has it sort of gone away? Yeah. Jesus. All right. But, and then he opened it twice in the studio. I know. You know, the problem with him having no sense of smell is he just forgets. He forgets what it's like for those of us with all our senses. So, he's so sweet, but he, like, thinks it's funny. I'm like, you really don't understand how bad this smells. He just does not appreciate the odor. He really doesn't. I know. And I come from a group of people who make everything from desserts to car parts out of potatoes. <laughs> um... Uh, hey, by the way, here we go. Uh, Rick, it looks like someone submitted the If You Like Barack Obama video to dig.com. That's D-I-G-G dot com. Uh, you might want to mention it in case folks want to try and get it to the front page. Um, so um, somebody sent me the link. I will put that on my website. Um, and if you guys know, Dig Dig is like FARC. It's sort of a news aggregator. But the deal is, unlike FARC, uh, people submit news links. And then as you read them, you vote yes or no on them, whether you like them or not. And if they get a certain amount of, basically, the more people who like a story, it eventually gets to the front page of Dig. Basically, it makes it more uh, visible. So the most popular news stories get to the top of the page. So would I be able to find it on here? Uh, D-I-G-G dot com. Probably if you just search, um, if you like Barack Obama. Uh, I have the direct link that I can send you. But uh, anyway, so those uh, for Dig fans in the house, uh, it's at... Uh, it's at dig.com right now. And I'll put the link up to that. So uh, as they say, you want to dig that, and we'll try uh-huh. to get to the uh, and you try to get it to the front page. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Jesus. <laughs> Hello, hi. How are you, Steve? How you doing? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't want to have to. I, I, we just gave this whole long uh, recap of the day to Lisa, and I, I, so I won't make everybody suffer through that again, except to say that. Do you know what durian fruit is? Yes, I thought you and I had a discussion about that once, about disgusting food. Yes, yes. So uh, our call screener, Richie, uh, who is uh, Asian, brought in some of that to eat today. 
Didn't I tell you it smells like like kerosene? <laughs> we also had um, used medical swabs, uh, raspberry. And raspberry jam and raspberry, in the bathroom. Raspberries, yeah, raspberries while eaten in the bathroom. That was the other one. Some of the listeners may remember I, I told a story about a friend bringing it to the beach, talking about this, uh, you know, incredible exotic fruit. Yeah. People within about a 500-foot radius of us were, like, giving us nasty looks and making all these noises about how much it's. Dank. Yeah, so so the thing is, as we may have mentioned you before, Richie, because of a chemical accident some years back, Richie has no sense of smell. And so he is, I think, unaware of exactly how bad this fruit smells. Uh, so now the entire lower level here at CBS Radio Portland smells like, you know, raspberries and ass, basically. <laughs> so it is, by, it is by far the worst smell that could ever emanate from a fruit. And, and from a fruit that presumably that people are ostensibly eating. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. The, the whole thing is just wrong. It's nature's way of saying, don't, mustn't. So, you know, whatever. Ugh. All right. Uh, so if it sounds like I'm a little lightheaded today, it's just because my brain is closing off all of the uh, cells in my head in order to keep them, you know, safe. Um, so today is you now. Am I wrong about this? Because we're not baseball fans at all here. Are we, is today the opening day of the baseball season? Last night was the first game of the Washington Nationals and the Atlanta Braves. President Bush threw out the first pitch, but today is the opening day around the rest of the uh, league. So uh, all across the U.S. today, we're hearing the familiar sound of the crack of a ball against the bat. Except here in New York, where a rain delay is postponing the opening. Uh, day uh, at Yankee Stadium. And it seems like every year there's they send somebody out to do a story about how Americans just don't care about baseball anymore because of the ticket prices and strikes and spoiled athletes and steroids and scandal and uh, you know asterisk being put on baseballs and and everything. So I mean is that is that so much hype uh, or or do you do you believe let me just flat out ask it. Do you still believe baseball, America's pastime? Go. I think so, yes. And here in New York, we're a bit skewed because this is the Yankees' last year at the old Yankee Stadium. The new stadium across the street will be uh, ready for business in 2009. So every ticket this year is a prized possession at the old stadium. So much history there at Yankee Stadium. And then across the river in Queens, the Mets are also getting a new stadium that will open up in 2009. So it's a big deal here in New York and Chicago You've got the Cubs going for their 100th season without a championship. <laughs> That's fun. You know, the the thing about the Mets is the Mets were so unlucky and just seemed so much just the, the dogs of the whole of the league that even, you know, myself just growing up as some nitwit kid in a tiny town, uh, I knew about the Mets. I remember I read Mad Magazine really compulsively as a kid. Uh -huh. And, of course, the Mets were just – and through the pages of Mad Magazine, I really became aware of how the Mets were just – just a punching bag. I mean, so much so that you know, the Mets were like the Mets were some like a, like some sort of a three-legged dog. You know what I mean? Or like a like a really loyal pet with one eye and no sense of uh, you know no sense of smell. Don't, you know? don't tell folks uh, in Queens and Long Island that though. They think uh, the Yankees stink and that the Mets are great. Of course. Well, that's one of those things where is there some sort is there tension when people get on the subway together in competing uh, you know competing garb? You know what? We don't we don't really have time for that. It's kind of like you know, folks in Boston have nothing better to do, and, and they get all upset between, between the Yankees and Red Sox. You know, uh, rival with the Re Yankees and Red Sox rivalry, they really get riled up. But you know, here in New York, we've got better things. Of course, yes, you've got lives to lead. Exactly. All right. Uh, well, I guess enjoy the rest of your day. I'm going to go take myself like a chemical bath of some hey. kind. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really good for clearing your sinuses. This, the guy just sent me an article here. He said, you know, they ban durian fruit from hotels because the stink can only be removed by charcoal or, or mechanical devices. Nice. So Have a nice lunch. 
contamination crew at the station today. All right. All right. Thank you, so Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. I've got a headache. Because now we're breathing Lysol and Febreze in a small enclosed room. Yeah, there really is no airflow in here. <sighs> All right. Should we take Let's a break? break and step outside and get some fresh air for a second. Yeah. All right. Back after this. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503. I feel kind of sick. It's 503-733-2970. Thanks, Richie. Appreciate that. I'm going to, we will confer, uh, continue after this. Don't go anywhere. So uh, here's an email from Bridget from upstairs. Hey, Richie just brought that durian fruit up to my desk. She says, I'm going to have to throw up now to cover up the smell he left behind. Thanks a lot. Jeez. Yeah, the, the, the fruit doesn't even need to be there. No. It's like it just it leaves its, its footsteps. Uh, you just sort of carry it through the hallway. This guy says, Rick, uh, it's true. My brother lives in Singapore. You'll get fined and threatened with caning if you bring durian fruit on the subway. They sell them everywhere there, and lots of people love them. Then again... Um, these are the same people that thought putting a cobra in whiskey was a good idea. He says, I ate some durian wafers and had to pull my car over to vomit. <laughs> then I threw my, then I threw the rest in a dumpster, and the wafers overwhelmed the smell of the dumpster. Uh, by Maybe the, that's what's meant by the hoochie men trail. I, it really is. It is a trail of tears, Tim. Oh, all right. Here's uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A Bahamian jury ruled that Anna Nicole's fifth son died from an accidental drug overdose, just like his mother runs in the family. Uh, police said there was no evidence of homicide, and autopsies found that Daniel died of a combination of drugs, including methadone and antidepressants. But Bahamian authorities ordered the inquest amid a widespread speculation over the circumstances surrounding his death. So, accident, what can you do? Who gave it to him? Nobody will ever know. No one, no one knows. They're yeah. all gone now. We can get on with our lives. It's true. There'll be a new batch coming up soon. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bill Clinton's in town. Did you know that? Uh, let's see, he is uh, finishing up his little speech at Cherry Blossom Center. It's a senior citizen's home. Really? On Southeast 106th. Uh-huh. And at 1.30, he is speaking at Chemeketa Community College in Salem. I thought Chemeketa was a type font. Was It was like a font in, in Microsoft Word. It might be. I'm not familiar with Microsoft fonts. All right. But uh, he's going to be at Chemeketa speaking at Building 50 at 1.30. Then at 5 o'clock, he's going to be at Ben Senior High School. Yeah, that's a nice try. I mean, it, Oregon does seem firmly in the Obama column at this point. But, I mean, I understand that you I understand you have to play out the entire game. So, well uh, done, Bill. Bill's asking Democrats to be patient. We are strengthening the Democratic Party. Chill out. We're going to win this election if we just chill out and let everybody have their say. This is a good thing. Wow. Chill out? Really? Yeah. So All we'll right. get back to that, sir, in a few minutes. All right. Well, it's breaking and whatnot. A woman hit a teenage girl in the head with a meat cleaver at a slumber party over the weekend in Willamina. We were talking about Willamina not too long ago, trying to get rid of the illegal aliens because, uh, well, they're getting in the way of all the townspeople here. But uh, an American who lives there, uh, Amber Widener, turned herself in on charges of second-degree assault and unlawful use of a weapon. 2D Roberts, who lives in the area, <laughs> said a group of girls banged on her front door at 2 a.m. The girls told 2D... That they were down the street at a friend's house when Widener, who owns a house where the slumber party took place, became upset with them and be- for uh, making too much noise, as girls will do. 
Uh, they told Tootie that Widener left the home, came back a few hours later, and took a meat cleaver to a girl's head. Jesus. So this is like a, out of a horror movie, but in Willamina. The group then uh, ran from the house, leaving a trail of blood while they sought help. So I guess they went knocking on doors and lost blood all along, because nobody's going to answer the door for a bloody person. Uh, the girl who was stabbed was badly hurt. She has a cut right above the hairline. It went down to her ear. Her hair is matted with blood. You can see it was gashed pretty wide open. Uh, Yamaha County officials said Widener turned herself in. They also said that she was drunk when she attacked the girl. Imagine drunken people in Willamina. Uh, deputies booked her into the Yamaha County Jail on $155,000 bail. And the team was taken to McMinnville Hospital. She has been released, so... So much for a slumber party in Willamina. I thought Willamina was a peaceful place. Well, they're trying to make it so. <laughs> if it wasn't for all these white people running around, it would be. Damn white people, they ruin everything. They do. All right. A uh, 20-year-old woman was in custody after cops say she ran down her husband with her car after church. This happened uh, just after noontime yesterday. As the mass lit out of St. James uh, Catholic Church on Francis Street in Malala, witnesses told police that the man and woman were arguing about child custody. As the woman started to drive away, church members reported she rammed her car into the man, trapping him under the vehicle. It was a life lighted to a manual uh, to be treated for a life-threatening head injury. And the lady is Annabelle Maldonado of Malala. She was arrested and taken to Clackamas County Jail. Then the couple whose church uh, preaches against medical care are now facing criminal charges after the young daughter died of an infection that authorities said went untreated. They belonged to the Christ Church whose members have a history of uh, treating gravely ill children only with prayer, and apparently they've died there before. So you think people would learn a lesson about that, but apparently... This is actually a pretty big story, because it was on the front of uh, Yahoo or yeah. Drudge or something the That's other day, where well, she was sick, and they just said, no, 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 we'll, uh, we'll let God fix her. Right. And uh, God was apparently gone that day. Well, God is not in Oregon City. <laughs> uh, laws passed in the 1990s uh, struck down legal shields for faith-healing parents after the deaths of several children whose parents are members of a fundamentalist church. Uh, since that largely effect in 1999, there haven't been any cases of significant medical neglect till now, says the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office. So these parents could face more than six years if convicted on the manslaughter charges and up to a year on the mistreatment charges. They were released on $250,000 bail. So uh, I guess this church has been in trouble before. What can you do? Uh, by the way, I'm looking at uh, dig.com. And so somebody, this, this uh, listener, Eric, who I guess, and I've just posted the link to this at rickemerson.com if you would like a link to the to the, to the section of dig where they posted the Obama song. Um, so I, first of all, I should say I don't know who made the Barack Obama video. Uh, we created the Barack Obama song. Uh, Timmy Ryan and Sarah sang it. Uh, and then I did a little post-production on it. And then we uploaded it on Friday. Saturday night, Sunday morning, sometime, a video, and I really honestly don't know anything about it, a video just appeared on YouTube over the weekend for the If You Like Barack Obama song. Now, a guy named Eric, uh, and I'm making sure that it's posted, but I'm pretty sure that it's up. A guy named Eric has uh, has submitted it to Dig, uh, and if you uh, if you go to, uh, to rickemerson.com, you'll see his link, but he's, this is so great, he submitted it to Dig with this comment. Barack Obama fans will like this, done to the tune of the Pina Colada song. I'm not too political, but this song made me smile. So there you go. So it's a, uh, that's a fantastic description. Thank you, Rick. It's already got, uh, and if you... Did you post the link? Because I, I haven't seen it. It's at rickemerson.com. Okay. I posted the link. And if you're familiar with Dig, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say that it's been dug four times already. So uh, let's keep it rolling, shall we? Uh, here's Tim Riley. So a man with a chest wound walks into a hospital. <laughs> and it happened here. Okay. It happened at the... Uh, 10.30, uh, 
Uh, police received a shots fired call in the area of Southeast 122nd Avenue and Southwest Division. How could it happen there? Uh, initially, police didn't find a victim, but about 15 minutes later, a 21-year-old man with a bullet wound walks into a hospital, uh, Portland Adventurous Hospital, or Adventist, with a gunshot wound to his torso. He uh, admitted that he had been in the area and was not uncooperative. He was taken to a manual with a non-life-threatening gunshot wound. So at least they're not life-threatening anymore. Uh, then we have a Kathy Lee Gifford who's back on daytime television as the co-host of the fourth hour of today. She'll join uh, Hoda Kotf. I haven't watched this pro. Who is Hoda Kotf? I think he's a demon from the 15th uh, century. Well, for the fourth hour, which is known as the Off the Cup Hour. I am truly honored to uh, join the Today Show family, many of whom have been friends and colleagues of mine for many, many years. And I have a picture of her. I don't, it, I don't understand. So she's joining. They're not giving her her own show. No, the last hour. Uh, nobody's watching. The last hour of what? Today, they they expanded to a fourth hour. Really? Yeah, that nobody would watch anyway. I did, I, well, I wasn't watching any of the other hours, but uh, this is today with Matt Lauer? Yeah. But I don't think he, he does the fourth hour. It's uh, Hoda Coat. <laughs> It sounds like you've got a speech impediment, no, and you're trying is... to say something else. Hoda Coat. H-O-D-A, the first name, Hoda. Coat. K-O-T-B. It's so not... either, the, either the T is silent or the B is silent. You know what if it sounds like? If the T is silent, then it's Hoda Cobb. It's... It sounds like um, you've just had dental work, and you're asking somebody to hold your coat for you. Hoda Coat. <laughs> or, or... Oh, you have a brain taxi. No, 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 here's another, here's another one. Or you're from Brooklyn, you've yeah. just had root canal... Mm -hmm. And you are ordering a Jack and Coke without the Coke. Mm. Try it again. Hold a coat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, maybe only I'm amused by this. Um, she is no stranger to news programs. No, she's apparently. not. Uh, is there a recent picture of her, or is that a picture from the archives, do you suppose? She looks like somebody else, doesn't Let she? Let me see. Look at the eyes. I think somebody's had a little bit of work done. Obviously. She's got that same, uh, and that is not, uh, I think she's had something done to her hair as well. Also the rest of her, also everything. I really do like Kathy Lee Gifford. Everybody, you know, I find her to be hot. But this is, uh, this is either a photograph from some time ago, or she's recently had a little bit of a, uh, she's been restructured in some way. Well, she's been out of the spotlight for a while, so there's plenty of time to heal. I the... Let's see, it is an off-the-cuff take on the topical news of the day. The weird thing about it is, is that obviously nothing in television or, or the entertainment industry happens by accident. So they must have done, they must have done like a focus group or something. I guess so. The people were if longing. If given a choice between A, B, or C, whoever B and C are. If given the choice between Kathleen Gifford or somebody that we randomly found wandering around a shopping mall, who would you rather see? Well, okay. Um, she says, I especially look forward to working with Hoda. A Hoda's a woman. A bright and beautiful woman I admire very much. Well, we all admire Hoda Code. Code whoever. I don't. What kind of a name is that? I'm H O D A space K A. Oh, I'm sorry. K O T B. Kodb. Kodb. Or Kodb. Is I think there's letters missing from that. Well, whatever. Anyway, that's what it should be. She's going to make her debut on April seventh. So everybody be watching. All right, here's Tim Riley. Nobody's going to be watching. Everybody's at work. No, that's true. Uh, who is the audience for that program at this point? I mean, I guess people on respirators. 
trying to hear Kathy Lee above the uh, the, the the whinnying shrill sound of the uh, the ventilator. Old DJs from the '60s sitting at home. Because at one point, I guess they could count on the housewife demographic for that. But I, I don't really housewives. That's well, there are a few in my neighborhood. I don't think they exist in the same numbers they used to. So it, it is interesting to think about who still keeps those programs on the air. Mm. There are wisteria lanes here and there. Yeah, I guess. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, a single car accident near Roseburg claimed the lives of two teenagers and critically injured another. The driver of the car was 15 years old. He missed a curve, sheared off a power pole, and overturned. And uh, police said speed and alcohol appear to be contributing factors. And so would being 15 years old and driving, wouldn't it? Yes. Okay, well, they're not saying that. Well, not all kids are bad. A child prodigy with a talent for mathematics, that one who responded on expert at the age of 13, has found her way into prostitution. Sufaya Yosef, who calls herself Schlippel Lee, advertises her body on the Internet sex site, charging 130 pounds an hour, or 258. She and two siblings went university places in their teens, but she ran away at the age of 15 with claims of pressure from parents. It is extremely uh, disheartening, says a friend. With her amazing brain, she should be able to make money any way she wants. Instead, she chooses prostitution. I guess she was a sexy, smart student. Did she figure this an older gentleman? That's a less stressful line of work somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, she claims her father was controlling and bullying, and now she doesn't have to put up with that anymore. Well, okay. Did you read that story about, um, Jesus, where was it? It was like Louisiana or someplace? That strip club where they were, they found out that there was a 12-year-old girl that had been stripping there for like six months? No. <laughs> it was a story the other day, and the best part is they get to keep their license, because like the board of... The state board of stripping or whatever it is said, well, that's not reason enough to take their license away. Literally, it was what a strip club people? where a 12-year-old girl had been stripping. Now I have to find the story. And for quite some time, which is just weird and interesting and awkward on, like, all kinds of levels. Uh, all right, let's see here. Uh, I think we've got an answer about the, uh, well, we'll just take these in no particular order. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, guys. What's uh, up? i got two things. The first thing is about those faith healers. Yes. Did you see the dad? No. He's got a very big limp. Like, he got a busted hip one day, and they prayed for him, and it didn't heal quite right. <laughs> another another message left on God's voicemail. Exactly. And the second thing is that durian fruit, uh, the reason I think they banned it is because that stink sticks to everything. Oh, great. And is it is it, is the fruit been cut open, or is it still whole? Oh, no, it was open. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, that's bad stuff. No, Anthony it was, Bourdain did a show on that. No, it was like it was like gasoline and like uh, and filth and ass and pain and, and corpse all sort of mixed together. Did you guys get that stuff out of the building, I hope? Uh, I don't know where it is. I think we told Richard to take it out back and throw it in the dumpster, although he was nice enough to take it upstairs and wave it around outside my office, apparently. Well, so. What's kind of scary is he had to get that to work, so he probably put it in his car. That means the next time he takes a girl out, that's going to be smelling really good. <laughs> I like guys who reek of death. All right, guys. Have All a great right, day. Thank you. Bye. All right, there you go. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, is this me? Yes, it is. Hello, sir. Hey, Rick. Uh, first of all, I just want to let you know that uh, I'm putting myself at great danger uh, driving while talking to you. But uh, I know how to pronounce her name. Uh, it's Hoda Kotb. Hoda Kotb. Kotb. You actually just say Kot and then you pronounce the V. Interesting. So. And this is and I didn't know it was a woman. So Hoda Kotb now is a uh, is. Well, that must be her real name because why would you, why would you pick that name otherwise? Maybe she wants to be ethnic. What kind of a name is that? I have no idea. I know she is. Uh, she seems to be Creole. She she did broadcasting in New Orleans, and I'm from New Orleans, so that's how I know. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, she did uh, just a whole bunch of shows and, I don't know, whatever. All right. Is she hot? Uh, not particularly. <laughs> I like that kind of answer, too, because it's not like, no, she's hideous or she's hot. It's just, 
Well, not particularly. That's almost more like that almost makes me more interested in seeing what she looks like. That she's quote not particularly hot. She's just Hoda, and she's the best Hoda that she can be. So uh, there you go. Thank you, sir. <laughs> no problem. All right, there you go. All right. Oh, uh, here we go. A, tw a strip club in Dallas won't be penalized for allowing a 12-year-old runaway to work as a dancer. In 2007, the morning news reports. There's a laundry list of things we can use to deny or revoke a license, but having a 12-year-old dancing in their establishment is not one of the things that lets us take their license away, said Police Lieutenant Christina Smith, who oversees the strip club permit process. Two people have been charged with felonies in connection with the sixth graders' work at Diamond's Cabaret. Police officials are continuing to investigate whether the club's management knew she, would under, uh, knew she was underage. So there you go. That's just creepy. Yes, it is. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, what's going on, dude? What's up? Hey, I was wondering about that durian fruit. I I just tuned in, so I didn't get the whole story. Yeah. Is that, is that the fruit that comes off the tree in that mace-like? Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it looks like, um, yeah, it looks like uh, some sort of a horrible koosh ball. Those things are really scary. I mean, they're heavy, and they have the spikes are are sharp. Yeah, no, it's heavy. It's dense feeling. It's got pointy spikes all over it. And again, when you cut it open, it smells like sewage. I mean, and I'm not using that as a euphemism. I mean, it smells like a diaper. Uh, and then the idea that somehow people would continue to pick that and then continue to eat it, and then that Richie, who must know what it smells like, even if he himself can no longer smell it would bring it and wave it around, thinking that we would all enjoy, you know, sort of a waft of the aroma, just raises a whole laundry list of questions. Wow, that's amazing. You know, yes. you could literally, like, propel those things from, from a catapult, and, like, if, you, if they hit somebody, they'd be dead. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Bye. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, let's take a break from our own uh, polit politics and sex scandals here, and we go over to Britain for an even better one. A British tabloid says it has a tape of Max Mosley, the president of the International Automobile Federation of Britain. It says the 67-year-old man took part in a sadomasochistic orgy with five prostitutes that include Nazi role-playing. Mosley and the women reenacted a scene from a concentration camp, which included mock death camp uniforms and Marsley barking out orders in German. He is the son of Oswald Mosley, the founder of the pre-war British Union of Fascists and a friend of Hitler's. <laughs> News of the World says this act took place Friday in an apartment uh, in uh, London. He played, paid the prostitutes $5,000, which happens to be the going rate to get anybody decent in either country now. Uh, Reuters reported that the governing body is trying to keep its distance from the allegations. Jesus. Uh, this is a matter between Mr. Mosley and the newspaper in question. It is difficult to believe it is his business, but it sounds to me like a setup. Is he in any danger? He was the president uh, since 1993 of this organization. He made headlines when he asked for a crackdown on racism. He is also married and has two sons. Of course, of course he does. All right. I, uh, well, whatever. It's a, it's a big world, I suppose. Meanwhile, back here in America, rumors of twin trouble continue to circulate around Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. The most recent round of sibling strength relates to their riches, and according to the Inquirer, the sisters can't agree on anything. They're wrestling for control. Even as they claim they love each other, money causes them to argue. So apparently there's a bitter feeling. Mary-Kate thinks Ashley manipulated her into bad business decisions. How old are they now? Ten or something? Twenty-one? I think they're 22. twenty. The thing is, like all guys, I quit caring once they turned 18. 
Uh, there was that whole countdown to when are the Olsen twins going to... But then you sort of realize that they're not even attractive. Uh, like you sort of didn't allow yourself to think about it when they were 70. You're like, well, that's wrong. I can't ponder whether they're hot or not until they're 18. Then they turned 18 and we all kind of went, no, they're really not. And then and then I just sort of flushed them out of my mental file. I haven't really thought about them. Well, one is blonde with uh, brunette roots now. Uh, see, they just, they look like zombies. There's just, they, there's something, they look like that little girl in Bioshock that you eventually have to kill. So, yeah, I, uh... They may be into Nazi role-playing. That's Tim Riley who said that. I don't believe the Olsen twins are into Nazi role-playing. <laughs> but now I can't help visualizing it. Thanks. Thanks so much. Hellcats in high heels. Now, ten cents. This WrestleMania event in Florida has been described as a war zone after fireworks hit the crowd. I'm sorry, Tim. Where did that happen? Florida. Oh, I thought we played them at the same time. No, and I ate it anyway. All right. That's all right. All right. About 40 people were injured at Orlando's WrestleMania event yesterday when fireworks and the flaming wire fell into the crowd of 70,000, <laughs> sending piles of people scrambling for safety. Jesus. Uh, there was smoke coming out everywhere, and it looked like a war zone. <laughs> The best part is the nonchalant way you just sort of read that. It's Florida. At least one wire used for the fireworks snapped during WrestleMania's finale and sent the burning wire and fireworks across the citrus bowl. I shouldn't be laughing, but instead of going up, they just spiraled into the spiraled into the stand. I, I love the idea of the fireworks tipping over, and just firing into the crowd. <laughs> there were the fireworks just sputtering and rolling around in the stands. Wait, did anybody die? Uh, not so far. Okay, and people were scattering all over the place, running for their lives. <laughs> Uh, we were right under the rafters, near the suites, when they came right for our section, 20 feet ahead of us. We were thinking, is this part of the show, or is it an accident? Well, you know that everybody must think that at some point. When something like that starts to go wrong, you end up, let's be honest, living in a post-Great White era, mm -hmm. uh, you always sort of have to toy, balance the, am I about to die, with the, is this part of the evening's festivities. Mm -hmm. Well... It's uh, unknown if any charges will be filed, but keep in mind this brings $25 million into the local economy. What would your choice be? Um, I remember when I was growing up, you know, since Richie brought that food in the studio, I really feel uh, ill. If at some point I have to... Ill? I'm not feeling so hot If either. I have to excuse myself from the studio at some point, you'll know why. Maybe I'll just keep a bucket over here. Uh, I remember uh, when I was growing up, there was a, uh, a fireworks before the July display at one of the local like little sports arenas or whatever, passed for an arena, like one of the little high school stadiums, I guess, or whatever, in Kennewick. And th they had, you know, just the, the huge fireworks display that the local fire department and, like, the VFW or whatever comes and puts on. And at one point, I don't think anybody died, so we can all poke fun. Uh, but at one point, there was a gust of wind, and one thing led to another, and a bunch of the fireworks tubes just tipped over and just started firing into the crowd, which is, I don't know why. But there is something uniquely hilarious to me about that image. I don't know why. Because if you've seen, like, if you've ever been to a full-on, huge, big-scale fireworks display, they're big, big cardboard tubes. They're like, um, they're like those cardboard tubes you put a poster in when they're rolled up, except they're about eight inches across. I mean, they're massive. Uh, and just the idea that it, at once they all kind of went bam and just fell over and then started shooting into the into the audience is really funny. Uh, that and one of them apparently. Didn't tip over far enough to aim at the audience, but it did tip over far enough that it shot out some kind of rocket, which then left the stadium and hit a car out in the parking lot and um, and knocked out its windshield, I think. so. Outstanding. Good times all around. Uh, by the way, this guy says, hey, Anthony Bourdain uh, couldn't finish that fruit, the, uh, the uh, durian fruit. 
and uh, he's eaten animal sphincters on television. That is true. Uh, well, there's Anthony Bourdain, and there's the other guy, Dave Zimmer, Zimmerman, the guy that does bizarre foods. Have you seen that guy? Big Chris No, Sne- no. Yeah, he's a big Chris Sneathan-looking bastard. Uh, but he, his whole deal is he goes around the world, and he eats bizarre and or horrifying And he could not foods. finish it. Well, this guy says it's Anthony Bourdain, which is also possible, because Anthony Bourdain does this great show called No Reservation. And the thing is, and I've talked about this before, but I don't cook at all. I mean, I cook nothing. Zero. Uh, I make tacos. That's about it. And that's like when I'm like, wow, look at me. I'm cooking. I, I, uh, yeah, I make money with, with which I buy food. That's what I make. I don't make food. I just make enough money to buy it. Um, but Anthony Bourdain does this great show called No Reservation, and I love cooking shows for some reason. But the thing about Anthony Bourdain, and there's a whole bunch of shows now that are just variations on the theme, and the theme is... Dude travels from one place to another, stopping at every, like, taco hut along the way. And Anthony Bourdain's thing is, he will show up in a city, sometimes in America, sometimes abroad, find a local, and have and just take have the local take him around to where the locals eat. And, um, you know, sometimes it's like in San Diego, and he'll find a local guy, and he'll be like, hey, take me to where all the locals eat whatever in San Diego. Sometimes it'll be like, hey, take me to where they serve horse hoof soup or whatever. And it, it, I remember watching, he was in, like in Mexico City at one point. And some guy taking him on a tour of back alley Mex- Mexico City restaurants. And like, sometimes literally it was like a guy with like a pot on a top of like, on a, like an orange crate, it, it, like cooking on, on top of a pile of newspapers, just stirring a big soup made out of like whatever he found that day. Uh, and Anthony Bourdain's thing is he'll just eat wherever, t- whatever, you know, wherever they take him to eat. That's what he'll eat. Um, so some of it is really vile. So apparently he was not able to finish uh, durian fruit. Here's Tim Riley. Here's the second story from Florida. From where, Tim? Orlando, Florida. God damn it. I'm just not even in the game today. I don't even know what that's about. Uh, four men have been arrested after they uh, hit a 62-year-old woman and her mentally challenged companions in a public park after they wouldn't pay a fee for being white. Uh, the victims who walked in the park when they were confronted by uh, these uh, four people the victims were told since they were white, they had to pay a fee to enter the park. That seems reasonable. Uh, when they wouldn't pay, the men beat them. Oh. One of the victims was uh, held up with a knife. Then the uh, cops stopped the car a few miles and take the, took these guys into custody. Did they say how much the fee was? They didn't, know. Right. So how are people supposed to know? <laughs> I don't know. Just, well, it wasn't posted. <laughs> just let me, let me know in advance what it is. You know, Tim, that story is something white people don't like. That's <laughs> true. Uh, oh, Hoda is apparently Lebanese. Hoda Kotbi. Is Lebanese. So, uh, there you go. Well, that's good. A Vancouver man facing 15 charges after he rammed through KXL. Andy Chung was arraigned today on a variety of charges, including first-degree criminal mischief, failed to perform the duties of a driver, and reckless endangerment. His trial is set for May 12th. So, I don't know where they get these 15 charges all together. His name is Andy Chung. His name is Andy Chung. Is that's it? what I call one of my good friends. Nope. He's a good friend. He's better really? Yeah. He'll be waiting for you to bail him out now. Uh, I think this is, well, this is the guy where they went to his house, though, and they found, like, a whole bunch of guns. Yeah. They went, and it was like, let me just be cleaning my various handguns on the table when the man arrives. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's that. Well, uh, steady but surely, a string of Democratic Party figures is backing Barack Obama and giving up on Hillary. So, uh... Apparently, they're trying to get her to quit, and she doesn't want to. Some of the editorial... Maureen Dowd said, uh... That she should quit in yesterday's editorial. Really? Yeah. 
It, it's a, the title of the article was Surrender Dorothy. Uh, you know, the uh, Maureen Dowd um, wrote a great thing the other day about how her estimation is that Hillary might be trying to sabotage Obama so that McCain wins, mm-hmm. so that then Hillary run, want, runs in 2012 against McCain, because Hillary would only be 64 at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea is she's trying to sink Obama so McCain cinches it, and then the theory is is that McCain would be too old to run in 2012, and Hillary would then get her last best chance. Uh, sort of just the, this politics of doom. So I love Marine Dow. Boy, you know, you talk about somebody who is just, she is, I find her really unbelievably sexy until she speaks, like out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even when she writes, I mean, she's very funny, very smart, very whatever. But then, have you ever heard her speak? I heard her on Imus a few times. She talks and she has, it, it's like she sounds like one of those alien greys that doesn't have a nose, just has like little slits where the nose would be. And it, she talks like, like it's just the air escaping out the top of her head. It's just—it's like the weirdest. She sounds. She talks like her head has developed a slow leak of some kind. And so, as long as I mean, she doesn't speak out loud. I can, as with most men, if she doesn't speak out loud, I continue to find her attractive. She talks. It's when it all falls apart. Uh, at Dig.com, by the way, the Barack Obama video, Barack Obama video, now up to eleven digs and oh, climbing. I registered and dug it. Too. Really? Excellent. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Sir Hillary refuses to quit and will stay till the very end. And I'm going to keep fighting in these primaries and keep asking for your vote. Because I believe that we have some real work to do. It sounds like somebody turned on the volume in the middle of that. That That was me. And I'm going to keep fighting in these primaries and keep asking for your vote. Because I believe that we have some real work to do. Somebody who thought somebody on her end would realize, oh, my God, she sounds terrible. <laughs> I thought it was her people. Oh, my God, this is why we're losing. Smart, that's what they do. They turn it off. Uh, Four right. more years, Hillary. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how you doing, man? What's, what's up? Well, I, I just drove through the parking lot of the Embassy Suites there on Airport Way uh-huh. and, and noticed a big tour bus uh, for C-SPAN with the big, it says, uh, Campaign 2008. And I know that uh, Clinton, Bill Clinton, is uh, in Portland today, and I'm wondering if that's any indication of how bad the Hillary campaign is, that the best accommodation she could get for her husband was the embassy suite at the airport. That is that is interesting, actually. Um, and I know that uh, the Hillary campaign is getting ready to set up shop here. Aaron Duran knows where the – and I don't want to give it out yet until it's confirmed, but Aaron knows where the Hillary campaign is going to be. Oh, good. Oh, he, really? He's seen them setting up. So apparently – and Barack Obama is getting ready to set up shop here, too, because you've got the Oregon primary coming up uh, May 22nd. So I know that the whole campaign, I mean, both sides, they're all going to be rolling into Portland uh, pretty soon. But it is it is interesting that they're choosing to stay at sort of a budget uh, hotel. Well yeah, spotted. Yeah, you think they'd be at the Hilton or somewhere downtown at least. No, that's a, that's a but, fair But, point. you know, it, it may be strongly suggested by law enforcement that it would cost them a lot less if they didn't stay in town. That's true. That's true because she... Uh, because Bill gets Secret Service protection wherever he goes, as do all right. former presidents. Right. So, if you happen to see the uh, interview with Hillary Clinton uh, with Tracy Berry, no, uh, Tracy, I can't remember Channel Six or whatever. Uh, she asked Hillary about whether or not she was going to drop out, and Hillary, in her response, she made a very clear indication of of what she was holding out for when she talked about uh, when when Bill uh, got the nomination. She she said in June, very emphatically uh, speaking, saying the word June as in, right. you know, the game's 
you know, not open. No, she so. flat out said that she wouldn't drop out before June, and she, over the weekend she actually did. I forget where she was talking. Maybe the Wall Street Journal or something. She actually said, she said that she would take it to the convention. She said three things. She wouldn't drop out until June at the earliest. That she would take it to the convention if she had to, and she also flat out said she would not drop out until they resolved Florida and Michigan. And the the good thing and bad thing about the Clintons is they have just come from behind so many times. Uh, well, and like Hillary said, you know, I mean, this is still preseason. Yeah. You know, not once the Democratic committee, whatever, comes out and says this is a candidate we're going to endorse. You know, at that point, it becomes ground zero again. So all this bickering between Obama and Clinton. You know, they say, oh, it's going to hurt the Democratic, you know, party and give McCain the favor. Well, that's all bupkis, you know, because once the De the Democratic Party says, you know, okay, we're either Clinton or Obama, and it now becomes McCain and Obama or McCain and Hillary, you know, that's, it starts all over again, you know, the clean slate and then the mudslinging, you know, will we'll be back at ground zero. Yes, it's, it's true, sir. Thank you, my friend. Word. All right, there you go. Tonight on C-SPAN 2, <laughs> the I world of books. I I think he was standing next to the C-SPAN bus for too long. It sort of rubbed off on him there. This election is not just about the speeches we give. It's about the solutions we offer. What is it we will do to get the economy moving, to start creating jobs, to provide health care? He didn't get out of the cock-a-duty car. If we ever meet her, can we just buy her a big bag of ginger root? Just like her <laughs> yeah, voice is going to keep fighting in these primaries. Valium. All right. Now at 12 digs and counting, by the way. All right, uh, let's take a break. Jesus, it's 12.35 already. And I'm going to keep fighting in these primaries. And... Ugh, I don't know if that makes time go faster or slower. Slower. All right. Let's I... go out and smell things in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Back after this is the Rick Emerson Show. Thank you for coming by. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Now it's 16 digs and counting. Well done. 503-733-2970. Uh, people have been asking where they can download the Barack Obama song. <clears throat> uh, you can get that at 970.am. You just go down to the bottom at the As Heard on the Rick Emerson Show section. section. Uh, you can also go to myspace.com slash Obamarama music. Uh, and, of course, if you can uh, get that on a real radio station... You can uh, get a station to play that, and you can give us uh, a tape of it or other proof that it happened. Uh, you'll want a copy of the Star Wars trilogy on DVD, uh, and that is courtesy of Spike Television. Spike enters a new galaxy with the complete Star Wars saga, featuring the basic cable premieres of Star Wars 1, 2, and 3, and the, bro I'm sorry, the broadcast premiere of Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. The saga begins April 4th at 8 p.m. 7 Central. Tune in each week for Star Wars Sundays, every Sunday starting April 20th at 9 p.m. on Spike. So, uh, anyway, so if you can get that on an actual radio station, you want a copy of the Star Wars trilogy on DVD. Here's Tim Riley. So the Bush administration today proposed the most far-ranging overhaul of the financial regulatory system since the big stock market crash of 1929 and the Great Depression. The plan would change how the government regulates thousands of businesses from the nation's biggest banks and investment houses down to the local insurance agent and mortgage broker. This is a 218-page plan. It was presented today by the Treasury Secretary, Henry Paulson, in, uh, let's 
Well, at their place. The uh, plan will require congressional approval of its biggest changes, seeking to trim a hodgepodge collection of overlapping jurisdictions that go back to the Civil War. Uh, this is being headed by the Securities and Industries Financial Market Association head, Tim Ryan. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. Uh, Timmy said there will be a widespread <laughs> government modernization. There's going to be widespread government regulation. Where billions of dollars race across the globe at the click of a mouse. So we all know it's supposed to save you, but it's really going to save them. So what can you do? Okay. Your cell phone's going to kill you with cancer. An award-winning cancer expert believes cell phones could kill more people than smoking. This is Dr. Vinny Kahuna. <laughs> he suggested using cell phones for 10 years can double the risk of brain cancer. You come eat at Rita Kahuna's. Free margarita Thursday. He suggests avoid using them whenever possible. Oh, I'm sure that's going to happen. And the uh, cell phone industry needs to take immediate steps to reduce exposure to their radiation. Come on in. Two for one case it is. Uh, Dr. Kahuna said there is some uh, <laughs> conflicting studies out there, however. There was a study out of Israel in August that said just no heat involved, just the ele electromagnetic radiation caused increased cell growth. But it wasn't abnormal cell growth like we see in cancer, and they didn't make that jump to cancer. By the way, someday when I become a uh, new age pornographer, my name is going to be Dr. Kahuna, just so you know. Well, this is his friend, Dr. Lee Vinoker, who says more research needs to be done on whether cell phones cause brain cancer. I think we need to study it more. I think we need to push for safer standards, but I don't think we need to pan. Of course. <laughs> like pan. Called, pan. No need to pan. Uh, of course they cause cancer. Everything does. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, I'm Timmy Ryan, and that's $70 trillion you'll never get back. Is oh. this your normal speaking voice? No, I got a cold. I'm sorry. All right, what's up? I was calling. For a minute, that the... sounded like Matt, Matt the engineer. That's what. <laughs> no, I got a cold. So I'm actually, actually the perfect subject for eating some durian. I was calling to say that, like chocolate, most of the pleasure of chocolate is the aroma. If you pinch your nose closed and eat chocolate, it's just sort of this yeah, mildly sugary, bitter kind of stuff. Well, it is. Yeah, a lot of I think your sense of smell and sense of taste are very. They're very inexplicably licked, yeah. Uh, and, licked. Linked, yes. And so durian is sort of the, the bizarro chocolate. Yes? Durian is sort of the bizarro chocolate. The only way us white devils can eat it is to pinch your nose before you get anywhere near it. And then the taste is actually, it's kind of nice, but you can't get a whiff of it or it'll just knock you over. The durian? Yeah. Well, that's, I, the interesting thing is, well, now we're going to have to talk to Richie, but all right, thank you, sir. The interesting thing is, uh, is Richie able to taste it since he doesn't have any sense of smell? I think we may have asked him this once already about smell in general, but I would be curious to know what sense of taste Richie actually has since his sense of smell is kind of non-existent. All right, well, we'll follow it up later. Here's Tim Riley. I guess we could ask him. I think he, he and his um, Asian hat-wearing friends were cleaning up the beach over the weekend. <laughs> his Asian hat-wearing friends? Yes. Were they... Uh, is that why he was wearing the Asian hat? Yeah, he said he wears it w when he and his friends uh, clean up the beach. Is it like a, do they have to? Is it like a rule? No, or it's a yearly thing. It's a soul thing that they clean up the Oregon beaches. Oh, You'll I You'll have see. to ask him. But is, is it like Asians only? No. Um, uh, any person with, with or without a hat can participate <laughs> in the cleanup. So you're not required to be Asian. Not mandatory hats or Asians. And you are not required to wear a hat either. Right. All right. So, uh, okay. Here's Tim Riley. The new cast of ABC's Dancing with the Stars is up and two-stepping. Uh, Jerry Springer, who appeared in the third season of the reality competition, said the show needed a senior's tour when he was on it for some ridiculous reason. When I was doing it, I'm 35 years older than the others, and there was just no way I could physically do what they were doing. And I was begging to be voted off. 
but people were, on one hand, really nice voting for me, but on the other hand, I think they were voting for me to hurt me. Nobody wants to hurt Jerry Springer. And you can't. No. An all-new My Dad is Better Than Your Dad airs tonight on ABC. This series features fathers and sons or daughter and test the dad's strength, smart, speed, and how well he knows his child. My Dad is Better Than Your Dad, executive producer Mike Nichols says tonight's alphabet soup competition is his favorite of all. It's just pure comedy where these dads have to run in and dive into these huge bowls of soup. They have about, I think, about 4,000 pounds of goo in them. And you have to dive in, and you have to pull the letters out and bring them to a board. So basically this is, so we now have taken Double Dare and made it like a primetime reality show. It's a dumbing down of America. <laughs> it really is. Do you ever hear when they say, you know, like a, the second all-new season of blah, blah, blah starts, and you you didn't ever, you like you never knew there was a first season? Yeah. It's some show that has been on for three years, and you were never really even aware of it? Well, I fast-forward through the promos, too, so I really have no idea what's coming up no next. No idea what's going to be on. You you only see the show you are interested in, and you have no idea what's coming up or right. or like or what they are using that space to advertise because you've T-voted or whatever. You skipped right through it. Yep. Ugh. All right. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, I was wondering uh, if you could do me a favor. Well, probably not, but what is it? I was wondering if I could get my hands on uh, one of the copies of the Star Wars things. We're in week four of 26 of chemotherapy. So Who is we? To, well, I'm. I, it's not me, it's my boyfriend. Now, is this a real boyfriend or a boyfriend you fabricated to win Star Wars DVDs? No, it's a real boyfriend, and I can bring in medical documentation. <laughs> No, that's that won't be necessary. Um, so, what is the what is the nature? I mean, chemo. What is the nature of the of the ailment? Uh, liver cancer. Oh, that's bad. Um, so, all I know about liver cancer is uh, from St. Elsewhere uh, when Dr. Daniel Auschlander had liver cancer. So, all of my knowledge comes from a primetime uh, NBC medical drama like 30 years ago. Uh, so, uh, anyway, so is he? Like, the dumb question. I don't know anything about this. Is a thing where. Is that a thing where you go to the hospital and you get it done and then they send you home? Or are you, like, stuck at the hospital? How does that work? No, he's doing it at home. So, uh, now, that's a weird thing. Is that like, um, how do they do that at home? Is it? It's not like a like dialysis or something where they just hook you to a machine, is it? No, it's uh, shots and pills. And so, really, shots? Now, I thought, is chemotherapy, that's not the radiation thing, is it? No, it's, it's, this isn't the radiation. And this is, uh, is it where they just, what they inject you with, like a, like a cocktail of some kind? Okay, uh, and I guess the other thing is where they, the radiation thing is like where they stick you inside some big machine and they subject you to, like, Hulk gamma rays or something, right? Yeah. So is he is he just kind of, I mean, this is a dumb question. Again, is he just marooned at home? You Can you get out and, like, is no, that, is that he like is the... Now, but he, 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 after he does his shot, he sort of can't do much for about four days, and he's really, really bored. Is it just, now, does it just kind of sap your, your energy, or what is what are the side effects of having chemotherapy? Well, I uh, mean, is it in, in turn, I guess what I'm saying is, is it just, does it, is it just like a fatigue issue? It's, it's fatigue, but it also gives you like a real severe flu-like symptoms. Right. So you're just sort of, you're not up and around much at all. No, not all up and around much at all. All right, I'll tell you what, I'll put you on hold, and uh, we'll have Richie talk to you, and uh, we'll see if we can uh, get the uh, get some sort of a hookup done. What's your name? I'm Barbara. Okay, Barbara, I'm going to put you on hold. Richie will get your contact info. We'll see what uh, see what we can do. Is he a Star Wars fan? Uh, yeah, he really likes, well, he likes action movies, and I, I mostly had chick flicks. <laughs> <laughs> so have him watch Beaches. 
All right. Um, oh, no, yeah. You really love that one. <laughs> have you ever seen Terms of Endearment, honey? All right. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, we'll see if Richie can get your contact in before we see what we can do. All right? Thanks. All right. That's thank you. All right. There's uh, Richie, can you talk to Barbara on line two? All right. There you go. All right. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, so this, uh, this uh, pregnant fellow from Oregon is back in the news. Uh, new photo show, the 34-year-old and his wife Nancy posing for a magazine called Odyssey in skimpy bikinis before his operation, before and after. The images were released as the Hawaiian native insists his pregnancy is real and claims he is perfectly capable of getting uh, birth, despite rumors of hormone treatments to make him a male. So there are all kinds of things that this is actually a publicity stunt in the making. Skeptics claim it is an elaborate hoax that will be revealed tomorrow on April Fool's Day. Really? There is also speculation that the story could be connected to a new series masterminded by actor Ashton Kutcher, which plays pranks on the media. How great would that be? The show is a follow-up to the star's MTV reality hit, Punk Duh. Okay, now that would... So what was the fake story going to be? There was the pregnant guy. The pregnant guy, I have new photos. The pregnant guy. Okay, I have, that I have would to tell be you, really... that would really be righteous. I would really, really uh, be happy if it turned out that that was the thing where he just schooled the media. I would really, that would make me smile. So the name of this magazine is Odyssey, and it's called Girl Power. Okay, so so the theory is... So they're is, claiming that Ashton well, Kutcher might be behind it? Well, that's the, yeah, so, so that, that that's a good question. So maybe you said this to me, but from where is the report coming that it might be an Ashton Kutcher thing? Okay, apparently this is some internet thing that's going on. But they have, but they are now claiming that Ashton Kutcher might be behind the whole thing. Well, the problem is the couple really hasn't been seen since this came out, and the couple are believed to be on, ho- on holiday in Hawaii. Uh-huh. They lived in Honolulu, where Beatty was formerly known as Tracy Longadino, the before moving two years ago to Oregon, where they ran a T-shirt business, uh, which was called Define Normal. Neighbors say they have a deal with Oprah that includes an agreement that they not grant any other interviews until the show is aired. All right, that would really be deeply satisfying if the whole thing turned out to be a massive hoax and that the media got, got swindled by it. Mm-hmm. Those things always make me happy. And it appeared in The Advocate, which would really be bad, too. Well, that's, I mean, it, it, did you see, uh, there's a story going around this morning about some newspaper... Have like in Philadelphia or something, that ran some huge like Sunday like a big piece in their Sunday edition about one of those you know one of those human interest stories about a woman who overcame adversity and she'd been married to a husband who like had stabbed her and burned down her house and she was working at a soup kitchen or whatever and they ran this huge piece about it about this woman's trial and redemption and how she you know built herself back up and pulled herself up by her bootstraps. And then it came out today that it's all, like, made up, that the woman's, like, a complete confidence artist. All, it's a complete scam. Everything about it, fake, top to bottom. So, so it goes on to say, a friend named Hans says, I was surprised because Tracy always seemed so happy as a lesbian with her partner Nancy. <laughs> so if Baby turns out that his story is true, he will not be the first transgendered male to carry a baby. That goes to Patrick Khalifa Rice of San Francisco who wrote about his transgendered male partner, Matt Rice, giving birth to their son in a 2000 article in New York's Village Voice. Another liberal publication. Of course. A wing of the mainstream media, Tim, Mm -hmm. pushing their agenda. Uh, Let's see. Um, So uh, here's an email that says, uh, Hey, by the way, Rick, I had uh, leukemia. Chemotherapy was the most difficult thing I've ever done. Here's another one. I had chemotherapy. To say that chemo is ass does not even begin to describe it. I don't think I've ever known anybody who's done... Have I ever known anybody who's done chemotherapy? I don't really know the answer to that. I think when I was growing up, I, all of my older relatives, of course, died of cancer, but I think I was too young to sort of be around for that. Yeah, I was around with my mother went through it in the 80s. Really? Is it? A, yes, I don't know anything. I guess in my head I'm confusing that with the radiation treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so the closest, I mean, I had the, in high school, 
uh, one of my best friends, her dad, and others of these are not really comparable, uh, but her dad uh, had the bad kidneys. And so, and this was like in the 80s, so he was hooked at like that dialysis, it was like the size of a car. And I mean, it just took up the whole living room, and so he would just sit there all day. It just looks like some, like one of those big milking machines that you strap onto a cow, just sitting there all day long, like filtering his blood or his, or whatever it is that kidney, what do your kidneys filter? It's not your blood, it's your, uh, I don't even know what you, what do your kidneys do? They clean your, they clean something. They clean something. They're a cleaning agent. Do we really not know what kidneys do? Kidneys clean your esophagus? No, that's almost certainly not right. Well, they don't clean your blood. That's your liver that cleans your blood. Didn't they like? Do they regulate the iron content in your blood? Maybe you're bluffing. No, I think that's so. I think I've heard that. You don't know that that's I think true. I've heard okay, that. let's all take a second here and look at the function of kidneys. <laughs> Jesus, um, everybody. Why am I thinking? It's, it's not a urine thing. That's your bladder. Uh, no, the, the 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 kidneys are related to your bladder, though, right? Your kidneys and how they work. They regulate. <laughs> I am Joe's kidney. What do my kidneys do? Your two kidneys are vital organs that perform many functions to keep your blood clean and chemically balanced. Balanced. Understanding how your kidneys work can keep them healthy. So they do clean your blood. Yes. Your kidneys are bean-shaped organs about the size of your fist. They're located in the middle of your back just below the rib cage. The kidneys are sophisticated machines. Every day, your kidneys produce about 200 quarts of blood to sift out about two quarts of waste products and extra water. The waste and extra water become urine that flows to your bladder through tubes called ureters. Your bladder stores uh, urine until you go to the bathroom. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we done? The waste in your oh. blood come from the normal breakdown of active tissues from the food that you eat. Your body uses the food for energy and self-repair. After your body has taken what it needs from the food, the waste is sent to the blood. And if your kidneys do not remove these wastes, they would build up in your blood and damage your body. That's no good. You don't want that. So now you know what the kidneys do. Your kidneys and you. Hosted by Tim Riley. All right, excellent. So there you go. Okay. All right, there you go. And then, like, and liver cancer is one of those things that that's that's not that there's the good. I don't think cancer is like cholesterol. I don't think there's the good and bad kind. Uh, but I think that is. Uh, I think that's generally considered one of the very bad kinds. Isn't that that's up there with the pancreatic or whatever it is that Swayze has? I guess so. I think lymphoma's bad too. I don't think you want that either. Not that you really want any of them. I and guess. colon too. Yes. I think it's an all-over kind of bad. I think it's generally well, bad. colon's the worst. Is that the worst? And the most, the most easily diagnosed. Is colon cancer the worst cancer to get? Yes, and it's the most frequent. Now, it seems like, now with colon cancer, though, can't they just... Yes, you, you do get a, you can get a colonoscopy. I mean, but I mean, uh, but I guess what I'm saying is, if, if you have cancer of the colon... They can uh, find it, because they... And can't they take that out? Yes, they do. And so if, if you get a colonoscopy, they can find it. And so it seems like maybe that would be... But that's more easily. Uh, that is the easiest to find and the easiest to cure. The easiest to remove. But it is. But if not found, is it the most lethal? I would assume so. That's why they tell you to get that. All right. Not just for fun. Not just for fun. No. <laughs> not just to amuse yourself. Well, they knock you out when they do it. Oh, really? Yeah. No, you're not awake. No. I thought Clyde had it done, and I thought he. I thought that he was awake. Well, he might have got the economy version, but for the most part, <laughs> he get it in my dentist's they office. Took his sleep. <laughs> he made a gun on any second. <laughs> Colonoscopies are us. <laughs> your colon in terrible shape. Would you like you like de deep tooth cleaning while you're here? Um, oh. By the way, I did call on Friday and cancel my dentist appointment. All right. I called and she tried to do that thing of when I called the dentist and I said, "Yeah, I have a uh, 
you know, thing coming up today from all my cavities. I'm going to have to cancel that. And um, I didn't give it a reason. I just said I have to cancel. And she said, okay, so uh, you want to reschedule? I said, no rescheduling. I'm canceling. Bye. And I hung up. I, before <laughs> Did you not even let her get a word in? I just learned I only have a week to live. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, yeah, it's kind of a wash with my teeth. There's just no point. Uh, no, I just canceled. My colon comes first. But <laughs> not without my colon. Um, the Rick Emerson story. But then, uh, I, of course, after Friday's show where we were talking about my dentist, I went upstairs, and, of course, what happened? Every single person upstairs came by and wanted to tell me about their dentist. Dentists are one of those. It's weird. Dentists are one of those things that people cannot wait to talk to you about. People can't wait to recommend a dentist to you. I have a great dentist, too. Yeah, see, but, and see, I trust your judgment on that. Uh, Cheryl, the Hawaiian, cornered me about it. She actually gave me her dentist card, which I guess she just carries around for some reason. Um... The thing about dentists, you know why? I was thinking about this, too. Why people are so eager to recommend a dentist on KCMT Portland. It's because I think the dentist is, that whole procedure is so filled with dread and people are afraid of it and you hate it, that if you can successfully recommend a dentist to somebody and they have a good experience, that is really worth its weight in gold. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like recommending a place where people buy a car or something and they have a good experience and you... You have solved a massive problem for somebody if you can recommend a good dentist. So what I'm going to do, though, Tim, is later on I'm going to get your zip code, and I'm going to type your zip code mm -hmm. into my into my insurance website, mm -hmm. and I'm going to pick the closest one to like your house uh, because I figure that's going to be like a that's going to be like one of those upper echelon dentists that I wouldn't be given access to in South Not necessarily though, because I've I've tried one of those and. They can screw things up, too. So the dentist I have now is downtown. Really? And she's a very nice woman. And the hygienist who cleans my teeth is on the street team at Clear Channel. Oh, I don't really know. Well, we I'm... have a lot to talk about while the cleanings are growing up. I don't know that I want a Clear Channel person having access to my mouth, Tim. <laughs> God, God only knows what they're going to do. I gotta protect... This mouth is worth its weight in gold, Tim. This mouth has to be protected. <laughs> I, can't, I can't let just anybody have access to this mouth. But she's been on the street team for a long time. Oh, uh, by the way, it's just as a side note here. Uh, so we often get interview uh, people send us interview stuff, and they're sort of you know asking us to you know would you like to interview blah 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 blah. Speaking of which, we will be interviewing Roger Klein on uh, Monday the twenty second of April, I think. Oh, I kind of dropped the ball on the Murphy brother. Did you want to talk to him? Who? The Murphy brother. Who? That the guy I was trying to make you guess, Charlie Murphy. The Murphy brother. Oh, Eddie, Is that the guy with the cough drops. Eddie. Oh, that's the Smith Brothers. No. Uh, no, this is Eddie Murphy's brother, Charlie. Eh. I think I might have made her mad because I, I never wrote back. Uh, Charlie Murphy, I can take her leave. Okay. Well, uh, see, I thought, I thought it would be exciting if he could be in the studio, but I guess he has a show in Seattle on Friday night, so he wouldn't be able to How come. exciting can Charlie Murphy really be on the phone? Let's be honest. Yeah. Who, who's ever heard of Charlie Murphy? He wrote Norbit, Tim. Uh, who's she? So I've got this email, interview booking. Dear producer, I am booking interviews with... Okay, raise your hand if you know who Matt Gonzalez is. No. Anyone? I don't he, think so. He is Ralph Nader's vice presidential running mate this year. Vice presidential candidate Matt Gonzalez, who is running with Ralph Nader on extensive biography. Matt is available online at blah, 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 blah. Oh, ho-hum. So, uh, anyway, he is, he is running with Ralph Nader. And I really am tempted to get this guy on the phone and just to ask him what his problem is. Like, why? You know, because clearly they must know at this point, that, that everyone sort of loathes Ralph Nader because it's very, they're not offering Ralph Nader for an interview. But I remember when Ralph Nader said that thing in the year, in 2000, like before he screwed up the election and gave us Bush. Um, I remember Ralph Nader saying, there is no difference between George W. Bush and Al Gore. And I want to get Ralph Nader on the show for the sole purpose of just asking him if he still believes that. 
That's what I want to get. I want to get Ralph Nader. And I might get. I might book this Matt Gonzalez guy just so I can put it to him, and just say, you know, Ralph Nader in 2000 kept saying there was no difference between W and Al Gore. Do you stand by that statement? Because that'll tell you everything you need to know about Ralph Nader right there, depending on how he answers that question. So anyway, so we may or may not do that. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, I'll tell you what, those uh, crazy kid drivers again. No, this kid isn't 15 years old. He's only eight. He's doing a juvie court for allegedly taking his dad's car on a joyride through Hamatrack, Michigan, damaging several homes and vehicles along the way. Witnesses who said a number of residents ran outside and tried to stop it, but it continued several blocks without stopping. One of the neighbors, Simona Smith, said she couldn't believe what she saw. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. And I saw a little boy in the back of the car just smiling and waving at me. I couldn't believe it. Now, one of the residents had their car damaged, and she, too, tried to stop her heat. It's indicated from the world's busiest airport, Hartsville-Jackson, to the world's most populous country. That's the wrong one. That's entirely the wrong soundbite. Let's try to find the right one. Okay. Here it is. I tried to stop him because I go straight to him, but he got the, the windows locked. Okay. Uh, Delta's first nonstop flight to the People's Republic of China got a ceremonial send-off featuring traditional Chinese dancers and words from Georgia's Governor Sonny Perdue. As indicated from the world's busiest airport, Hartsville-Jackson, to the world's most populous country, that's a big deal. I don't know that really $400 million can really calculate the future of economic development opportunities there. Oh, speaking of flights, I have seen advertisements on the side of Max cars saying, coming soon, non-stop to Amsterdam from PDX. Really? Yes. That is so plane. awesome. My wife will be happy to hear that. It's going to be KLM. Oh, everyone should visit Amsterdam. It's so cool. No, it's pretty. My wife is agitating to do when she's not busy drinking moldy tea. Is busy agitating to uh, to go to Amsterdam. It's fun and cheap. No, is it really? Is yeah, it, is it it's much cheaper than England. Uh, but it's still now uh, dumb question. It's still Europe, though, right? Yes, it's one of the European. But I I thought but but I thought that the dollar was very weak there against the euro. Oh, maybe. But it's still cheap compared to London. I remember it being pretty cheap. Yeah. Okay. Well, but then again, that was like seven years yeah, ago. Yeah, I mean, so. that was because, yeah, England was not. I mean, because cause you had to double everything in your head mm-hmm. when you went over there. So, all right. But, yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's full of drunken soccer yobs from England. So <laughs> if they can afford it, anybody can. <laughs> that is that is true, actually. Do you ever, and that's, do you ever like be in a really expensive town? Uh, I mean, New York springs immediately to mind. And you just look around at a bunch of dirt bags and you go, how do they live here yeah i that really is fascinating when you're in an expensive city and you're looking around and it's just a bunch of cretins and you're saying to yourself like i'm a fairly respectable citizen i can't afford to live here how did just these uh, a-holes afford to live in new york and you really want you like you almost want to pull them aside and go what's your secret like you just you know they can't all just be selling drugs yeah i mean any number of them probably are but not all of them so all right excellent amsterdam can be yours soon mm-hmm. uh let's see here Somebody about Charlie Murphy uh, and somebody about a dentist. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. That dentist, hello. Hey, Rick. Hi. Here, Tim. What's up? Hello. hello. Um, I got the worst dentist in the history of dentistry. He's the guy in Battleground, Washington, that murdered his wife with a pair of sewing scissors like two years ago. Wait, this was presumably after he was your dentist? Uh, well, yeah, I saw him like two weeks prior to the incident. And uh, <laughs> and then the next time you saw him was on the news trying exactly. to cover up his head with a sport jacket? Yes, yes. And I don't know if this is true or not. It must be. I read it on the interwebs. Um, dentistry has the highest rate of suicide than any other profession. Wow. That's great. All right. So, Thanks for putting a smile on my face. <laughs> All right. By the way, the Barack Obama song now at 19 digs uh, on dig.com. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 
Hi, I think you should interview Charlie Murphy. You're right. How funny could the guy be on the phone? But have you ever seen that guy tell his stories? That guy is so hilarious. He's like Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald, the comic, you know, that guy, all he does is open his mouth and talk. He's just like a guy that you find at a frat party. He's hilarious. He doesn't even, he doesn't even try to be hilarious. He doesn't even know it. We all just laugh. Charlie Murphy is the exact same way. He's so deadpan. He doesn't have a clue he's being funny. He's just telling you his view of the world. And he is hilarious. Do you perhaps work for Charlie Murphy's publicist? No, I just saw him on uh, the Chappelle show once, I was like, and I couldn't believe who this guy was. And then I watched him. I was like, is this guy for real? You are more enthused about Charlie Honestly, Murphy though, Rick, than anybody I, has I ever been. I think this is kind of like a thing when you didn't know who Patton Oswalt was. Like, I think that Charlie Murphy is kind of more well-known than you think. No, I mean, he's huge from the Chappelle show. I'm just wondering if he's funny unscripted. And from CB4. I'm wondering. He, he's Sorry. I keep forgetting CB4. I don't, think he, I don't think he knows how to read. Well, that was the thing with the Chappelle show, though, is like a lot of times with comics, though, you can't. You can't tell, like, sometimes you think they're ad-libbing, and then they're not, and it seems off the cuff, and it's not. So, do we think that he would be funny, truly unscripted on the phone? I I, I don't know. Mm. Did, some of the best things are unfound. I mean, he was just this guy who just hung around with, with uh, Eddie Murphy and his friends, and then slowly, slowly, people were like, wow, this How great would it be if Charlie Murphy became much more popular than Eddie Murphy? How great would that be in some sort of karmic sense? <laughs> so, well, and as Sarah tells you, it's... One of my one of my my kryptonite is really comedians. Comedians are really my Achilles heel because I just because I just don't care enough. Like so few comedians are actually funny or interesting that I just don't care enough to sort through the chaff looking for the wheat. And, and so I just rely on other people to find comedians for me because I just I just can't bring myself to sort through all of the billions of bad comedians in this world to find the few that are good. Well, I, I'm betting, I understand, I'm betting that he would be an e easy interview because a lot of comics, what they want to do is they want you to ha ask a question that will trigger them so they can go off and do their material. That's the thing, well, that's the thing. They all just want to do shtick. Yeah, exactly. You're just a tool for them. But this guy, I bet you could just ask him a question and you just sit back and just let him just talk and he'll just recount memories and stories and stuff. Well, and we'll, he'll just be rolling. Well, well, we'll look into it, sir. All right, thanks, all right, thank you. All right, so, well, okay. Well, maybe, I don't know, Sarah seems to think that the ship may have sailed. On Charlie Murphy. I don't know. All right. Uh, she seems like she might be a listener because she started the email with like, hi, Rick, hi, Sarah, with exclamation points. So. All right. Well, we'll, we'll look into it. Here's Tim Riley. You know, it might snow again this afternoon. You know, uh, it, it was hailing this weekend. It, it was twice. funny this morning, and I rode my bike to work. I am so screwed on the way home. Yeah. No, it was um, it, it, on this weekend. It was at hailing, and then there was like sleet, and then it was, man, it was, boy, it was just ass cold outside, too. It was just unbelievably cold at one point. I walked outside, and it was that kind of cold where immediately you're just shivering to your bones, and then you just want to go back inside and go to bed. So, all right. Uh, anywho, all right, let's see here. Oh, and don't let me forget to get to these Craigslist postings, and there may be more since then. Uh, but, about, but yesterday, I just went and I just pulled a bunch of the Craigslist postings about the Rick Emerson show. Uh, so we can uh, be sharing them. read these here in just a few. Here's Tim Riley. When are we going to hear those? Would you like to hear them now? You can give us like a tease. Okay. Pick well, one at random. Give Here's us a one. guarantee. Okay, I'll just I'll read you one. Um let's see. Some of these have to be edited for the air. Um here's a guy that's all there's this one guy that posted on Craigslist this weekend who is furious about the fact that we have uh, in case you joined us late. Oh, and Susan Reynolds doesn't know anything about this either because she was out of town last week. Susan, it's one of those things where she came back to the office and just all kinds of things have happened and or fallen apart in her absence. Um <laughs> So, uh, so Susan, if you're listening, so in the week that you were gone, we created, wrote, recorded, and released this Barack Obama song, like, Into the Wild. Um, B, 
uh, we decided to start referring to the Rick Emerson Show to, to me as Oregon's Entertainer of the Year three years was running. Was this all last week? Yes. Yeah, it was like last Tuesday because it was because it was when I got back from Vegas mm-hmm. and I was talking about Entertainer of the Year, Danny Gans. And so we've decided that in all uh, advertisements, publication, you know, marketing, I'm going to be uh, Rick Emerson, Oregon's Entertainer of the Year, three years running. So there's some guy who was just furious about that. Subject line of this Craigslist posting, Rick Emerson is a filthy liar. <laughs> Rick Emerson lies about phony awards. One of his F-boy underlings posts phony messages on this message board. Rick sucks, uh, what did mittens? we do? Mittens, is that what we decided? Popsicles. <laughs> Rick sucks mittens, mittens, jobs. Uh, by the way, Sarah Dillon X, which is how he refers to you. Is a dirty whore. So, <laughs> uh, no, you. Sarah Dillon X equals typical whiny white person. Uh, and then, I am uh, a typical white person. So there you go. Rick Emerson is a filthy liar. So he's furious about the uh, about the the fake award that we've given ourselves. So I got more of these. So we'll get to those here in a while. Here's Tim Riley. The metal thieves are at it again this time. The railroad tracks. Three men are arrested after they used a pry bar, and another pocketed railroad spikes. Now, spikes are used, as you know, to hold railroad tracks down, and without them, the train will fall off the tracks. Well, this happened in Lake Oswego. 100 were removed. The suspects are 21, 20, and 17. They're charged with theft and other crimes. Police figured they were stealing to sell the metal to recyclers. Uh, but no trains use these tracks because people in Lake Oswego know a lot, well, people from other areas coming into their town, so they're really not holding it against the kids. They're planning on doing it anyway. Just a youthful indiscretion, Tim. Yes, it is. Uh, and there's no mall for kids to go to in Lake Oswego. The repairs cost $1,500, and the repairs should be made by now. So start all over again, I suppose. Uh, by the way, this guy says, hey, uh, Charlie Murphy is funnier than his brother. You will kick yourself if you don't interview him. Uh, you should do this if it's still possible. I just wrote her back, and I'm like, hey, Lindsay, I'm sorry I dropped the ball on this. You can so always claim interview. that you were sick. You can always claim that you were out of the office because you had the flu. Yeah. Well, I just, I just said that I dropped the ball. Oh, all right. Well, all right. and I already sent it, so yeah, what can, can you do? do that, too. Yeah, I all right. so. Here's Tim Riley. CIA Director General Michael Hayden says the Al-Qaeda is training fighters who look Western so they can easily cross U.S. borders. They are bringing operatives into that region for training. Operatives, that phrase I would use, wouldn't attract your attention if they were going through the customs line at Dulles with you when you're coming back from overseas. They look like typical white people. It says Western. Does that mean cowboys? Uh, yes. They have found a new safe haven. Like Don it's Iman. very clear to us that Al-Qaeda has been able over the past 18 months or so to establish a safe haven along the Afghan-Pakistan border area that they have not enjoyed before. All right. And we're so close to the Afghan-Palestinian border, we, yeah. we should really be afraid. Oh, by the way, uh, so I have here in my hand, so this is a, uh, the hell was her name, that mid, the Playmate of the Year who was from Scapoose? The one that was doing the car thing with Dennis. What the hell was her name? Do you remember her name? Anybody? Susie? Alexa. (laughs) (laughs) Laylee. The Alexa. I'm going to call her Alexa, even if that sounds that sounds like one of the the model names that Buick makes. I uh, I don't I don't remember her name. The Buick Alexa today. She's you did. Uh, there ought to be some website stripper or car name, uh, like Infinity. Um, so I forget her name. She's some stick girl from uh from. Some American. Was that the really pretty girl that was here? Or was well, that a different one? Uh, well, it's probably the only stick girl from Scapoose. I, she can't be too hard to find. I don't know if that was the girl who was... Premature birth is one of the most... It's common. always the premature birth, the premature birth you birth every time. Oh. That premature birth spot plays like five times a week. 
What well, website are you going? I, I, I was just going to ask. I hope, where are you I hope going? Lacey is using, uh, filing that to our PSA. <laughs> where are you going that they're constantly telling you about premature birth, Tim Riley? If I didn't, you'd regret it. It's the local six website from oh, really? Florida News. Okay. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just saying. Start, I'll be glad to stop doing it. We will we'll have no more Florida No, no, no. I'm just wondering. No. All right, I'm going I back just there wanted right to now. know where I don't, can find out about premature be, birth. Don't be that way, Tim. <laughs> I'm just curious to what website you were going to where premature birth was a huge problem of that That's demographic. Been going for months. <laughs> all right. Um, anyway, so uh, so this playmate of the year, who I guess is from Scapoose, whose name is where is Scapoose? I don't know. Scapoose? Yeah. I think that's where is Scott Daly is from. No, he's from St. Helens. That's the same thing. But it's, it's the same general area? Yeah. Yeah, it's, you don't want to go there. You follow all the logging tracks and all the dirt and mud. Uh, my whole life, I've known one hot girl from Scapoose. Well, two, I guess, if you count this girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, anyway, so I guess they were they, they, you know, miles around. They were like a, doing a, a thing this weekend, like a car show thing. And she was there. And they told me some stories about her that I don't think I should repeat uh, without their permission. About the lady? I'm just going to say, okay, I'm going to say this. Was she having her her fun in a day in the city? Yes. Her big day out on the town? Well, I forget her name. Oh, she might have run out of supplies. Is that her? Can you turn it around so I can see what she looks like? Is that her? Yeah, but I'm not going to reveal the photo quite yet. Oh, okay. So the playmate of the year, last year, uh, who, and I now have to find her name, is from Skepoos. Hold on, let me just find this, because it's otherwise, it's going to bug me. Playmate... Of the year, Scapoose. That's got to give us her name. Uh, her name is Sarah Jean Underwood. Uh, Playmate of the year, 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, Look in the devil's ham. Yes. So, <laughs> are you of the deviled ham, Underwoods? Uh, so, she was at this thing where Dennis was this weekend, this car show thing. The only thing I'll tell you is, he said at one point, she was like... You know, sitting she, on the hood exposing a hosiery. She was sitting... She was sitting there, her hosiery? Sitting, <laughs> signing her lady things, her underwear. What was her name? Sarah, Sarah Jean, Jean Underwood. Underwood. Sarah with no H. Sarah Jean Underwood. Oh, the Sarahs with no H's. You got to look out for them. a friend of mine. Uh, so she oh, was. Oh, I found her space page. She was. I said that this weekend, by the way. I was like, "What are you doing? Sitting here working on my space." Um, she was sitting at the table signing autographs, apparently. And Dennis said at one point she had, you know, she was sort of leaning forward on her forearms, you know, sort of on the, sort of bent oh. over. Sort of bent over signing autographs, and he said she lifted up her arms, and her fake tan was all over the table. <laughs> Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Dennis Pittenbarger. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? You look good today. Uh, thank you. You too. Very sharp. I've been losing a lot of weight, so all the old clothes fit again. Yeah, get get further oh, on the, up on the mic if you can there. Um, uh, so she was she was at one of your events this weekend. Is yeah, we were up at the Showdown of the West this weekend. It was kind of fun. It was a cool car event, but somehow uh, because I have the whole deal with the truss and the carpet and the cool cars. The show promoter had kind of stuffed her into our booth to do her autograph session. So, yeah, she was uh, she was an interesting young girl. She she wouldn't take her jacket off until she got her check in hand. Um, she was very much about you know she was I mean she's just a little tiny girl. She was a stick. I mean right. she looked like she was twelve. Was she years like old. like tiny with big boobs or is she just tiny no? Boobs? Well, here's her photograph. She, she was. I'll pass around this photo like they do in class so everybody can see it. Okay. But here's the thing. Uh, when Dennis came in and gave me this photo this morning, he had her like make a little, you know, like an autograph picture for me. By the way, and it's from all the fuel guys, or I'm sorry, the miles around guys, and it says Jim, James, and 
Denise. <laughs> now, the story behind Denise. You're yes. such a lady, Denise. Well, no, the, the, the funny part is... D-E-N-I-S-E. Denise Pitsenbarger. And the funny part was... She's all brains. I actually wrote it out for her on a piece of paper. Can you sign it just like this for us, you know, so we can give something back Maybe to Maybe she didn't like you. Well, she, uh, I mean... What's, what's not to like? Well, I mean, I'm not, no, I'm not questioning Dennis's quality. So I'm going to, I'm going to pass this photo around. When they handed me the photo... I couldn't tell if it was a photo or a painting, like a okay. drawing. Yeah, photo. Sure, no, you'll see That's what I not mean. A photo. You'll see what I mean. Does it look like a photo to you? No. I mean, that is hours of particular work no, no, with Photoshop. This looks like a Sims person. It looks like a pinup Wait, drawing. Exo, exo, smiley face. Yeah, don't. So it just and it says Denise. There, hand that to to Tim if you would. Wow, I mean, that doesn't look real. Yeah, at all. I mean she looks pretty, but yeah. it doesn't look real. It doesn't look like a photograph at all. It's not really that she was. It was just the way that she was very kind of. Uh, she was very full of herself. Does it seem like like a photograph that they then like traced, like they painted over it or something? Maybe it's an artist rendition. It seems it's like one of those like, on the phone. Like they use some fancy paint products, like some new Photoshop. It's it's weird. Brush. It looks so, like she borrowed suspenders from Larry King. So you told me. So Dennis told me the story though about she's leaning forward to sign autographs and then she lifts up her arms and there's like spray tan all over the table. Oh yeah, she was sexy. It looks um, like she's hanging onto our ceiling. Yeah. Well, she was a particularly uh, nice shade of kind of a hue of orange and brown at yeah. the same time. But, uh, kind of yeah, like the Lindsay she, Lohan thing, where she looks—it's kind of pretty, but it's kind of almost a little too orange. Yeah, pretty she, if you don't get too close. She she was definitely a girl that wore a lot of makeup. But the funny, you know, the funny part was is she was—it wasn't that she was really rude or anything like that. But when she came by our booth and did our autograph session, she had to be in the center. She wouldn't step on the carpet unless she got her money. I that mean, sounds pretty rude. Kind of a business type of attitude about it. But then, like the former Miss Oregon who came over, she was also funny enough from Scapoose. You were talking about the uh, amount of girls from the Scapoose area that have made it into the pageant uh, yeah. arena. But the girl that was the former Miss Oregon uh, came over, and she was nice as pie, so we were having some fun. We actually, out of the two girls we actually interviewed for the show, we ended up interviewing the Miss Oregon rather than the Playmate of the Year. So yeah. well, someday, uh, there you go. She'll be happy to, you know, be the guest performer at the Scapoose Lama Bean Festival. <laughs> well, yeah, that was the, uh, the I'm trying to go. figure out the deal with her. Bottoms or whatever these are. It looks like she almost has like a lariat, like a Wonder Woman lasso thing happening over here. She's ready to uh, grab your heart, so to speak. Uh huh. Well, yeah, there's definitely some uh, uh, areas that have been um, enhanced in the photo Denise. versus the, uh, the real world. Yeah, the spelling. The, uh... <laughs> and that it was in front of her, that you had given her a card saying, like, what to write, and that she called you Denise. Did yeah. she seem... That's like an active mistake. You have to work. To really make that. I mean, did yeah. she seem like like? In your opinion. In your in, in your humble your, opinion, did she seem like she was a woman of moderate intelligence? In your co in your constitutionally protected opinion, did she seem intelligent to you? She didn't seem like she was <laughs> dumb. I guess would be the nicest way to put it, but I didn't really interact. Is that no, going up no, on the wall? I really honestly didn't really interact with her a whole bunch. You know, she came in, she was there from exactly the time she was supposed to be until exactly the time she left. And did she have a handler? Oh, she had a handler, and then she was upset because the first day she didn't have security. So then they brought somebody that looked like basically like Timmy Ryan after a night of drinking to sit next to her and ogle her uh, and stare at her while he guarded her. So, to speak, you know. so it was, you know, it was, it was, it was exciting, but it was kind of like this guy came. It looked like they'd found somebody from the random Clark County area to put on a white T-shirt and then guard her. From she the, looks uh, like she's been covered in cooking grease of some kind. Yes, she was. 
Yeah, she was definitely a girl that and she's if being you hosed she's, down. She wouldn't look the same. She's covered in cooking grease and she's inside Dexter's boxcar. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. By the way, I saw Dexter on uh, TV. I'll say it was so weird. I was flipping through the channels. On I CBS? saw it on CBS. Was I'm it all like, chopped up and cut down? You know what? Um, they were replacing the swear words, and it it was very it, it flowed very Good well for them. Yeah, right. it, I was pretty impressed. All right, thank you, Denise. Thanks, thanks for uh, bringing it up. Thank you, Denise. <laughs> Bye, Denise. Yeah. I wonder where she can be seen next. I have no idea. All right, P.S. We did get Charlie Murphy. Really? Mm-hmm. Excellent. When? Uh, it's going to be on uh, April 22nd, and, Same day as Roger Klein. and she wants to give us a couple uh, pairs of tickets to give away if we'd like. All right, so let's make sure that doesn't conflict with the Roger Klein Yeah, he's thing. on the 21st. Oh, he is? Roger mm-hmm. Klein is? Okay, excellent. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, there's a new fear emerging, giving people as much stress as going to the dentist. That would be the fear of being without a cell phone. More than 13 million suffer from this no-mobile-phobia or nomophobia. This seems like a made-up story. It is. Well, we'll continue. These are people who are so dependent on their phone that they notice it. Say it's, it needs a charge. Well, they just go into a tizzy. Experts believe the phobia, phobia could affect 53% of all cell phone users. This is a fake story. These figures get worse as they go along here. Of those affected, the paper says 48% of women and 58% of men have this disease. Okay. More than 400 theaters nationwide are now serving alcohol. That, according to the National Association of Theater Owners, the spokesman said the move was designed to capture the adult audience that they're hoping to lure back to the cinema. Appealing to uh, an adult demographic that is beginning to return to the movie theaters, but hasn't come in as great a number as we would like. You know, the thing is, I went, uh, I went to 82nd yesterday to see 21, mm-hmm. and it was pretty empty, actually. There was, I would guess, maybe 15 people in the whole theater. Uh, and we went to see, you know, it wasn't a matinee. We went to see an evening show. Uh, and it was still, Jesus, it was expensive, though. I mean, I'm not trying to single them out for criticism, because now it's everybody. All mm. theaters are expensive now, but God damn. Um, anyway, so uh, it was fairly empty. But, but, you know, the last time we went to Cinetopia, um, for that horrible experience where we went to see The Mist, and we actually left. I actually got up and dragged Laura out of the theater. I haven't that angry in Because forever. they were just so obnoxious. But you know what? Yeah, I think are horrible. But well, they made they made good to you though. Like, they they made it up to me, but I think the fact that they serve red wine to the audience probably contributed uh, to the fact that there was a lot of wine is a weird drunk. Yeah, it's that, that I think that might have contributed to the loudness uh, of the audience when I went to see the mist. So let's do one more here, and then we'll take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll read some of these Craigslist postings about the show. All right. Well, an unfortunate accident occurred during an evening outdoor barbecue in uh, Melbourne, Florida. The oxygen tube uh, fell out of the man's head and ignited. <laughs> okay. I, I'm sorry. Is somebody dead? No. Okay. But somebody caught on fire. It's, it's funny, yeah. though. The oxygen tube fell out of his head and ignited <laughs> during the barbecue. The 55-year-old man was flown to Orlando Regional Medical Center and is suffering from first and second degree burns. Oh. Well, that's not as funny as I was thinking it would be. All right. Uh, let's take a break here. And we'll come back. Uh, we'll read these Craigslist postings. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the uh, the Barack Obama song because I have... There's something that occurred to me about this Barack Obama song, and it occurred to at least two people... I hope it isn't a correction because that's, it's already out there. No, 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 it's not a correction. It's just an interesting observation that at least two other people made to me independently this weekend. And I'm going to see if you guys, uh, if you guys think the same thing about it that I do. Uh, let's see, top five coming up. Uh, Jim Roop later on, and all that. Tim Riley returns around the corner. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show.
you do. Uh, why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. All right, uh, lots of news stories still piling up that we haven't gotten to. Got this Craigslist thing here in a second. Oh, by the way, we did get a definitive answer on how Darth Vader eats and drinks. Our friend Chris Morris weighs in. He says, Joni told me you were wondering how Darth Vader eats. I wasn't able to call him when I was working. I feel great shame, so here you go. Uh, attention, everybody. There are two tubes in Darth Vader's helmet near the voice processor called nutrient feed tubes. These allow him to take in nutrition while still under the helmet. He can eat solid food and drink as well, but only when he's inside of his hyperbaric chamber, since he had to free himself of the respiratory vent in order to do so. He wasn't in there very often, so the feeding tubes were more convenient. The raw nutrients are dispensed from a pouch somewhere in his armor, and to add a level of grossness to it, his collection pouches and catheters are also accompanied by, wait for it, recyclers allowing him to be, quote, self-reliant, end quote, for nutrition, so the circumstances dictate such a necessity. You can fact-check me with these official Lucas sources. Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader by James Luceno. Star Wars, The Visual Dictionary. Return of the Jedi, in which there are visible feeding tubes that match the Visual Dictionary diagram, and the Star Wars Behind the Magic CD-ROM. There you go. That's the definitive answer on how Darth Vader eats and drinks. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see, uh, these stories to get to, uh, the uh, Craigslist stuff. First, though, ladies and gentlemen, let's join your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Iraq has signed a nearly $6 billion contract with Boeing and Canada's bombardier to buy 50 airplanes. Where on earth did they come up with $6 billion? I don't, I don't know. I was just wondering that myself. Is so that, did they send a check? Is, is that like a rent-to-own kind of a thing? Know. You know, somebody else raised an interesting question the other. Speaking of Iraq spending $6 billion, which they clearly don't have. Right. Somebody, we were talking today about how we owe China, like, signed $5 billion or something. Who who keeps lending us money and why? Well, China buys bonds. Bonds. We sell them bonds. Oh, I thought you said bombs for a second. No. Uh, okay. Not yet. But we <laughs> I mean, would. But I mean, we'll sell anybody bombs. The idea that we have a national debt of like twelve trillion dollars, I, it does sort of, it does sort of make you wonder exactly who it is that just decides that we can keep going further and further into debt. I mean, if you owed a friend, you know, twelve trillion dollars, I think at some point he would not lend you an additional trillion because there's nobody there saying denied, denied. <laughs> he'd, he'd ask for like a he'd ask for fifteen bucks or a show of good faith or something. So uh, all right, here's Tim Ryan. So Iraq has agreed to buy forty Boeing seven thirty sevens and seven eighty seven airplanes for its national carrier with the option to buy 15 more because there's such a demand to travel to Iraq. <laughs> then it's going to buy 10 more jets from Bombardier for $400 million. Iraqi Airways... We have to look up more about this airline. <laughs> Iraqi Airways, really? Iraqi Airways Wonderful. only flies to neighboring countries, possibly one way out. <laughs> but officials say it wants to expand its service to Europe and China. The companies will supply the planes beginning this year. Final delivery expected for 2019, if Iraq is still there. I do I do like the idea that Iraq uh, Airlines is going to let you fly to China as well. You know what I mean? So you can do around, just do one big tour of all the bad countries. Uh, now I'm curious, so I'm going to look up this airline. Iraqi Airlines. Do you suppose they have a website? They must. They do. Is Iraqi it, Airways. Like a GeoCities page? Oh, here we go. Tripod with hosts. Iraqi Airlines. It's going there. Well, it's trying to go there. Iraqi Airways. Uh-huh. Oh. 
Flight info, customer customer care, safety. <laughs> the safety page is okay, just, let's that's go. a 404. Safe flying and travel. Let's see what this means. I think the first rule for safe flight and travel on Iraqi airlines would be don't fly. Iraqi Leave copies airlines. of your itinerary with family and friends at home so they can be contacted <laughs> in case of an emergency. Bring a sidearm. Uh, make sure you have insurance to cover your emergency <laughs> medical needs. Pray to the God of your choice. Make sure you have Isn't a registered. A joke? No, make sure you have a registered taxi at arrival. These taxis are available at Baghdad International Airport. Make an animal sacrifice before boarding. <laughs> Familiarize yourself with the local laws and customs. <laughs> Remember, when you're in a foreign country, you're subject to your its laws. Uh, let's see. When overseas, avoid demonstrations and other situations that may become unruly. Oh, wait, hold on. There's a, here's a video. I think this is a video uh, promoting Iraqi airlines. Oh, good. Let's see if I can get this to play here. Or maybe it's just more premature birth warnings. Let's see here. Uh, okay, it's, it's loading. The oldest airline in the Middle East is back in Britain. At Iraqi Airways, we take pride in our unrivaled safety record and highly trained staff. Yankee pigs. Our majestic fleet of aircraft offer the luxury that both a casual and business... Okay, really? This looks like a full-on oceanic flight. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was trying to find an oceanic airline. It's like, fly oceanic air. Into the future. Okay, the weirdest thing about this video, and you can see this at iraqiairways.co.uk, is they show the guy on the plane, and then at one point, you know, there's a little plastic... uh, shade that comes down over the window so he turns and apparently he wants to take in a glorious iraqi sunrise so he opens the shade and the amount of light that suddenly pours in makes it look for all the world as though there's some sort of hydrogen blast happening outside the plane oh shock and awe yeah so uh under under personal security if you require personal security to take you to your final destination iraqi airlines recommends the following company global risk strategy (laughs) contact us so apparently they're located in London because they're too afraid to be in Iraq. Iraq Airways has 17 jets, all of which have been moved to secret locations. <laughs> they can't, I love an airline that can't actually leave their jets on the tarmac at any time. Let's see uh, here. All right. It said in 1979, Saddam Hussein became president of Iraq in a moment that would later prove to be a turning point for the airline. Jesus. All right. I, uh, let's see. Let's see. Iraq Airways serves the following domestic uh, and international destinations. And look at this. Under Iraqi Airways history, John McCain for president. (laughs) That is fantastic. Isn't that fantastic? That is wonderful. Uh, Let's see. They serve uh, Beirut. One ticket to Beirut, please. Um, (laughs) Damascus, Dubai, Istanbul, Tehran. Well, really, all the, uh, you know, all the hotspots. All right. So, uh, and then they have a whole list of the... uh, of the planes here. All right. Jesus. Yeah, remind me, uh, this is going to put this on my to don't list. In 1991, Iraqi Airways was grounded by the United Nations sanctions against Iraq. Uh, before the invasion started, Iraqi Airlines had 17 jets, all of which were moved to secret locations. Yeah. Don't let Lara know that there's an Iraqi no, Airways. Of course. No, it'll be the, be the next <laughs> That's going to be your next vacation. Exciting vacation for the Emersons. Uh, let's see. Oh, domestic flights are a rarity, too. <laughs> because in the no-fly zone imposed by the United States and United Kingdom over Iraqi skies. So also, there's nowhere to land. Iraqi Airways cannot fly into Iraq. <laughs> Excellent. That's why they've been moved to secret locations. I think Iraq, in terms of comedy, might be the new Soviet Russia. Mm-hmm. I am just waiting. Now we need an Iraqi Yakov Smirnov to emerge. Uh, let's see here. I'm looking at other interesting things. In my country, planes fly on you. 
On May 30th, 2003, the management announced it plans to resume international service soon. Uh-huh. They still haven't resumed actual service. Is that like the page being under construction? New web page coming someday. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, the tail logo of the plane consists of a green bird inside a white circle. That's how you know it's Iraqi. Why not fly Iraqi Airlines? Why not, Tim? Why not? From their secret bases. <laughs> I wonder if they even That's tell you. Creepy. How do you ever? How do you even find the plane? I don't know. Where do I board this? Gate C five is located. Here's in... your blindfold. Seriously, yeah, uh, yeah. Seriously, get inside this box. We're gonna haul you to gate D twelve. All right. They put a sheet over your head and use one of those tie wraps. <laughs> Just packing you in, packing you in some sort of in some sort of a crate, sticking you on a uh, on a train. Boarding. Boarding will resume after this waterboarding. Um, all right, so it, I was looking at uh, uh, Craigslist, and there may be more posted uh, since then. But so I printed out some of the Craig. Uh, I don't know whether this is because of the, or I don't know. It, but suddenly the spate of Craigslist postings began about the show, and there. And I still haven't looked, even though I've really wanted to. Well, just because oh, they're funny. I don't want to spoil. I have them here. I don't want to spoil the humor for everybody. But um, you know, there's been sporadic postings on Craigslist about us, but recently there's just become a rash of them. So I printed out some of the best Craigslist postings over the. Oh, this is just from this weekend. Um, let's see this one. Subject line. This is from um uh, the 28th, which I think is Saturday. Uh, 2.34 in the afternoon. Rick Emerson is a nerdy pipsqueak impressed with the sound of his own voice. <laughs> well, of course you are. You wouldn't be in radio if you weren't. Thank you, Sarah. The wonderful, quote, wordplay, end quote, that he uses, which makes most of his show, I think he believes makes up most of his show, is freaking stupid as he's corny. I think I think he means is as freaking stupid. There are a lot of words left out here. Is freaking stupid as his corny off-wall jokes. If it wasn't for Sarah and Tim Riley, he would be floundering and wouldn't be able to keep up. He's full of crap every day and is a typical guy that suffers from small, uh, oh. we'll say small penis. Oh, syndrome. he went there. Yes, he did, Sarah. Oh, that crazy guy. He's the type of guy you knew without a doubt used to get chased down every school and trash can and given wedgies. Doesn't it kind of weird you out that a perfect stranger's thinking about the size of your member? And about maybe giving, uh, so giving me wedgies. Thought into something. All because he was and is still today a snot-nosed weasel. <laughs> I'd rather hear Tim Ryan with his nasal voice than listen to Rick Emerson. This person seems to have a, quite a vast knowledge of our or even Tim Riley, he has a more fitting voice for the radio. I don't know what that Tim means. Tim Riley, you have a more fitting voice for the radio. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I don't see where that gets me, though. Here's another one. Uh, I hate Rick Emerson's show. <laughs> Not, look at Banner, Michael. But I listen every day. I hate Rick Emerson's show, period. <laughs> I, I hope... I don't even understand this sentence. I hope you smite the... Um, it's like uh, it's like snippy, but starts with a C. Uh, the mitney. Mitney. Uh, it's a slang term for oh, okay. a sensitive part of the female anatomy. Like when I come to work next week, I'll be seeing you next Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. So you'll be seeing me. Like I'll see you on Monday, and then I'll see you on Tuesday. Yes. I'll see you on Wednesday. I hope you smite the blanky bitch boys with a Z. I don't even know what that one means. I don't know to whom it's directed. I guess you need some street cred for that one. Here's another one. It uh, sounds very urban. Let's see. Uh, are any of them positive? No, they never are. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's a good People one. People have hated us for years. This is a positive one. <laughs> the Rick Emerson show is as good as as it gets. No holds 
barred, one E, no holds bared, no holds bared, tall, tall, talk, radio, two eyes. <laughs> two eyes and talk? For this, every word here is misspelled. No holds bared, tall, tell, talk, ray, with an I, D-O, for people that get it. It has two T's. Et is one of the best. That's et, E-T. Et is one of the best radio, and now radio is, is misspelled again. Radio show we have ever heard. Um, great show. Lars Larson is a man's man, if you know what I mean. 970, best radio show ever. Yeah. And then like a thousand exclamation marks. This is one of our, this is one of our fervent supporters. Maybe it's less Moonves. Go Barack, it continues, all caps. I love Rick Emerson brand. It, it brings joy to my heart. More of everything good, full of yummy goodness. Go Rick Emerson. Go, go. Aaron the Geek is a douchebag. <laughs> and then there's just a bunch of topless women at the bottom. <laughs> Thank it. you. Kind of pleased to be seeing that one. There you go. And we just stop being pleased to be because I can't stop Here's now. the final one. That's the first time I ever heard someone dislike Aaron. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Here's one. Subject line. This is from Craigslist. Dude, they are topless women. Yeah. They're big, saggy topless women. Uh, this one says, Rick Emerson. Sarah would have nothing to do with Rick if he weren't her outlet to be on the radio. Well, that's certainly true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when we weren't on the radio, you and I never spoke to each other ever. She's a sorority whore. <laughs> <laughs> you need to prep me for when someone's going to say something mean. <laughs> you know, you, you called it, though, earlier. Earlier today when I was teasing these, you actually said you were speculating what it said and you said sarah's a dirty whore <laughs> it says sarah's a sorority whore who wouldn't look at rick twice in a bar if she didn't know who he was and then it's signed and rick does mounds of blow <laughs> fantastic so there you go i was just lamenting the other day that we hadn't gotten any hate mail so wow. we put it on our one sheet That's really good yeah no that'll be in our sales yeah in our sales that packages <laughs> so um anyway I think this is all because of that one hate mail that I posted at rickemerson.com the other day. The one that was so vile we weren't sure it was real. So I think that, that is, uh, that's what's caused all of this. So thank I'm you, glad everybody. I'm someone thinks I'm a dirty sorority whore. I, oh, yeah, I'll give you this one so you can just hold on to it. When you're, can I, can I tack that on the wall? When, you're feeling, when I'm feeling a little too good about myself? <laughs> when you're feeling low, Sarah. All right, so there <laughs> you go. That is just so bizarre. Yeah. These are all around the same time, too, have you noticed? Yeah, I don't know if it's the same person or not. I'd like to think that it's more than one person. It may just be a lone, sad individual, but there's really kind no way to Kind of masquerade several different people? <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think it was the lone, sad individual, because I'd like to think that we're giving them something to do. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Um, Is that it for now? Yeah, that's that's all we've got uh, from Craigslist. Well, now yeah. now I can look at Oh, that's Craigslist. only one source, though. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, Tim Riley, you are still a god. Let's see if we... Uh, I have some haters out there, too. Really? Who could hate you? Who could hate Tim Riley? We read one last week. When, I, when I, I speak of our freeways in the California matter. Oh, well, that's, yeah, people who think that you are, uh, other people who think that you're factually incorrect. Yeah. People who get all bent out of it. Tim got something wrong in the news. When I put the word die in front of a number. Uh, and by the way. I was heartbroken. Before we, uh, before we continue here, let me just. There's one called Rick Emerson's Cavalcade of Whimsy. Really? Yes, and it says Rick's Obama song is sweeping the nation, and then it has. Well, that's true. Pictures of things that I would not like to repeat. Um, let me see. Well, there's a girl in duct tape, and then there's <laughs> there's a biker midget, and then there's a woman holding something that I really... Let me see. 
Actually, <laughs> that's a huge pair of animal testicles. It sure is. Thank you, whoever that is. By the way, uh, the Barack Obama song now 23 digs at dig.com. So, uh, All right, people. Thank you very much. All right, let's do this, then we'll uh, have more uh, more news and whimsicality. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. All right, thanks so much. Here's Tim Riley. Well, listen to this. You can skip the mouth-to-mouth breathing and just press on the chest to save a life. In a major change, the American Heart Association said today that hands-only CPR, that's rapid deep presses to the victim's chest until help arrives, works just as well as standard CPR for sudden cardiac arrest in adults. Experts or bystanders will now be more willing to jump in and save people's lives if somebody uh, collapses. Hands-only CPR is simpler and easy to remember and requires a big barrier for people skittish for mouth-to-mouth breathing. Well, that's a good thing. I don't even know how to do regular CPR. No, you don't. I get a card in my pocket. Really? Yeah. How often do you have to uh, I think it's every do you have years. to redo that? I think it's every two years. Yeah, you have to take uh, basic CPR, patching people up, and that also. Isn't that uh, regular CPR? Isn't there the whole thing where, like, you might break their ribs or something? Yeah. Well, which I guess is preferable. I haven't broken any yet, though. Have you ever had to do CPR? Uh, no, not outside of class. All right. Did they, get, did they still use that resusting Annie doll? They have they have your choice of several different ones. Really? Yeah. It's a wide. They're now inclusive in terms of what doll. Let's see. Uh, they completed five five two oh. Oh, I can continue to do this for one more month. Uh oh. <laughs> so if you're really if you're going to collapse around Tim Riley, you have thirty days <laughs> to do it. If so, if somebody's going to pass out, uh, really. This I've is... completed the requirements for CPR adult conducted by the Oregon Trail. So the window is closing. Mm-hmm. Conducted by the Oregon Trail. United <laughs> Dysentery. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi. My name is Jean, and I'm not in your usual demographic, but I wanted to call and tell you how much I love your show. And I like all three of you. You keep me coming back to listen. Excellent. Jean, how did you you discover the Rick Emerson program? Well, I had my radio on a different station, and it wandered off off the band. So I kept listening to it, and I liked your voice, and I liked what you had to say. Wait, so so you had your radio tuned to another station, and the radio by itself... Change channels. Yeah, two stations must have been close together on the board. I see. All right. Uh, how long ago was this, Gene? Two years. And so you've been listening for two years. Are you uh, are you spreading? Are you telling your friends and neighbors about the program? Indeed. All right. Gene, you rule. Gene, uh, what section of Portland do you live in, Gene? I live in Northeast. All right. Excellent. And uh, so you are a, you are listening. You are enjoying. You are passing around the the Rick Emerson word uh, to your to your friends. You bet. Excellent. All right, Gene. Thank you so much. Thank one, you. For, one thank, more comment. Thank Rick. you for being an antidote to today's hate. Yes. Wait. One more comment. Yes. I read a book that I think you would like. I know you're always giving book reviews, but I wanted to give one to you. And what is that? A boy named Shell: The Life and Times of Shell Silverstein. Yes. By Lisa Rogak. I um, am a big fan of Shell Silverstein. Yes. Yeah, so it's a biography. Yes. All right. Is cool. it? Uh, do you suppose it's available at my local library? It is. Um, I just turned it back to the Hollywood Library last week. Well, I will have to seek it out then, as soon as I'm done with this radio book that I'm reading. Yeah, her name is Lisa Rose, Rogak, the author R O G A K. Yes. And it's it was written in 2007. All right, excellent. Thank Jean. you so much for the recommendation. You bet. All right, thank you, Gene. Thank you, Rick. All right, bye. There you go. All oh. right, bye now. Uh oh. Right. Oh, do you have breaking news? Kind of. I can already. I can always tell uh, you. Did somebody uh, die? Hold no. On a second. Hold on. Well, let me find the. Uh... Tim Riley with breaking news. Hillary Clinton has just lost the support of 50 Cent. Now, just weeks ago, 50 Cent stood firmly behind Hillary Clinton. I think she did a good job, he said in a Fox interview. 
There's nothing bad about Obama in my eyes, but I think Hillary would be my choice. Well, now he's changed his mind. Now he's heard Obama speak and likes her better. You know, when you've uh, when you've lost 50 cents to him, you've lost America. That's what Walter Cronkite would say. That's what I'm saying. All right. So once again, Hillary Clinton has lost the support of 50 cent. No reaction yet from Bill Clinton on the campaign trail here in Oregon. Uh, at some point this afternoon. Uh, by the way, there is there are apparently uh, 20 different uh, Rick Emerson well, postings I'm not, on Craigslist. That's really bad for my self-esteem. I'm going to stop looking at that because everything that mentions me is just what a drunken whore I am and how I would never have anything to do with you ever. Well, sometimes you just have to call a spade mean. a spade, Sarah. <laughs> You betcha. <laughs> All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the uh, Ministry of Truth. The movie 21 has come up aces at the box office. The gambling drama is America's number one film with an estimated take of $23.7 million in theaters over the weekend. It nudged the previous top film, Dr. Seuss Horton Hears a Who. Into second place with nearly $17.5 million. The comedy spoof superhero movie debuted in third with nine and a half. Meet the Browns plays a fourth with nearly $8 million. And Drillbit Taylor... Nearly $6 million Boy, that fellow would try to commit suicide. I think Drillbit Taylor's like an Apatow. That's from the Apatow factory of, of laughs. Um, I saw when we were at um, um, 21 last night, which is, again, a thoroughly terrible film. I really strong. If you must see 21, just see it in a matinee. Or better yet, just, just wait and like steal it off the Internet or something. It's, just, it's a terrible film. Um, but there was a bunch of trailers, including the one for Forgetting Sarah Marshall or whatever that movie is, the new Judd Apatow film. And boy, you know, I love Judd Apatow. I always root for that guy. I do. Um, and especially because he always brings along his sort of freaks and geeks veterans. But boy, that doesn't look like a very good movie at all. Uh, it, it does seem like the Apatow uh, magic is beginning to fade a little bit. Um, because there's that, I guess there's that terrible new film that's from the guys that did Super Bad, uh, where it's a bunch of dudes that hire like Wes Anderson or somebody to be there, to be their, their bodyguard at school. And then there's. Not oh, Wes that the one with Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Okay. I keep saying Wes Anderson, but Owen Wilson. And then there's this one, which is yeah, Drillbit Taylor. And then there's Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which also doesn't look very good. Um, the, by the way, just as a side note, speaking of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, it has Seth Rogen in it. And uh, no, but see again, I'm confusing. It's not Seth Rogen. Who's the grown-up one and who's the little one? You know, in Superbad. The grown-up one. Who's the cop? And then there's the little kid that looks like him. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know his name. So there's, but which I one? Is, I only saw that movie once. But which one is Seth Rogen? Is he the adult or is he the teenager? In Superbad, they were yeah. both the cops. No, 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 no. Who is Seth Rogen though? A cop. I don't. I don't really know. Superbad here's the thing. Well. In Super, okay, here's the thing. There's the the cop, uh, who uh, with the, the the heavy set cop. And then there are the two teenagers. There's Michael Sarah and Michael Sarah's friend with the fro. Yeah. Okay. The friend with the fro, is that Seth Rogen or is Seth Rogen the... Uh, Seth Rogen's the cop. The cop. Okay. And Seth Rogen was the one who was also knocked up. Okay. So, you know, Seth Rogen wrote Superbad, and it's about his own experience, which is why he cast that teenager who looks just like him. Okay. So that kid, the little mini Seth Rogen, is in the new Apatow film, and he's also clearly become one of those guys that you want to cast, but when you can't get him, you find somebody who is just like. So if you're watching 21, you'll notice that the lead actor in 21 is the guy you cast when you can't get Tobey Maguire. Um, the best friend is the guy you cast when you can't get 
like the little Seth Rogen guy. 21 is a whole movie full of people you cast when you can't get your first choice. Oh, I they, see. Everybody in 21 is like a knockoff of somebody else. So the best friend is a knockoff of that kid from Superbad. The lead actor is a knockoff of Tobey Maguire. The uh, the girl, uh, Kate Bosworth, is a knockoff of, like, any number she of more famous women. Me. And she's weird-looking, man. She's all man. She's all just ribs and cum. I liked her uh, um, in Blue Crush. Did you ever see that movie? Blue Crush. That was... Retard. I know. Right. I really did like that movie, though. It was so stupid, and but it was just really entertaining. Uh, let's do one more here, and maybe we'll take a break. Well, look at this. Rewarding people who... Well, throw companies down the toilet. The two top executives for Countrywide will pocket $19 million in stock next week when B of A takes the place over. And there's more. They'll also pay $28 million to Countrywide Financial Corporation Chief Operating Officer David Stomble to retain him as head of the company's merging companies for consumer mortgage operations. So, he throws the company down the toilet and gets $28 million to stay on. Well done. And, of course, everyone else gets laid off and fired. Of course. No, because they never fire the guy at the top who makes the mistakes. Ever. ever. $28 million. Jesus. Uh, and they've only lost uh, $1.2 billion in the third quarter. Lost $442 million in the fourth. And uh, said the company is well being sold at a fraction of its previous value. So, they keep... It can happen to anybody, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Seth Rogen is the older guy. Jonah Hill is the kid. So Jonah Hill is yeah, the... Yeah, I thought you were talking about the two cops. I'm like, they're both older. It wasn't no, making any sense. No, no, yeah. Jonah Hill is because, again, Seth Rogen, who's the cop, wrote super bad about his own high school experience. And that's why he wanted to cast a kid who I think the character's name is even Seth. So Jonah Hill plays basically a younger version of Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen is the guy from, from Knocked Up. All right, okay. Uh, all right, we should take a break here. We come back. Jim Roop, uh, we'll do the top five uh, uh, coming up. Oh, and I'm going to ask you guys a question about this Barack Obama song and see if you guys come up with the same answer that I did. So, uh, all Is right. Is it a multiple choice? Um, no, no, it's a fill-in-the-blank question. Ugh. It's a fill-in-the-blank question. Nothing's really writing. I'm just going to see if you guys have the same connection that I do. Uh, all right, so it's the Rick Emerson Show. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming by. Uh, here's what's coming up later on this hour. Talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop here in just a few minutes. Uh, let's see. We got the uh, top five coming up. Top five musicians uh, who must be separated from their music. Oh, you know, I, here's a, and a thing I never got to, Sarah, that I pulled because I pulled for you. Yes, yes. I, I got these from... Uh, Jesus, was Cosmo or something? Something that I that I pulled... What were you doing looking at Cosmo? I always read Cosmo. I, actually, that's a lie. I used to read Cosmo. You, I used to get a lot of story ideas from that, right? Yeah, well, that was before the Internet. Uh, the Internet has now obviated a lot of that. But like, uh, like a lot of uh, DJs, I used to read... Cosmo all the time because that's where you try to get show prep out of. It's a, and, and here's the thing is, uh, and I am glad that I'm old enough to remember doing a radio show before the internet, but at the same time, and I've, I've said this before, that I can't, I don't remember how I did a radio show before the internet. I really don't. Um, and, and Tim might be a better person to ask, because you know, Tim has been in radio longer than I have, but I, I can't, I don't know how I prepped for shows before the net. All I really remember is that on Sunday nights, I would go to Barnes & Noble, that was near my house, and I would buy 
the Sunday newspaper from like 10 different cities. Like I'd buy the New York Times Sunday, L.A. Times Sunday, Boston Globe Sunday. Uh, the, it was pretty pricey. The Sacramento Beat. Yeah, totally. And I would do it every Sunday night. And then I subscribed to all the newspapers in whatever city I lived in. I would get all the weeklies. Uh, I would get USA Today. And then I would subscribe to Playboy, um, Cosmo, Rolling Stone. It was really expensive now that I think. But I wasn't making much money at that point either. So anyway, so I don't remember how I did stuff before the Internet. But I used to read Cosmo all the time. Um and, and I kind of don't do that anymore, but I, I do occasionally, like, you know, through FARC or DIG or something, you'll see sort of news aggregation sites that have, have taken articles, and they've sort of, anyway, they've done the work for you, uh, where the Internet put, sort of votes on what's interesting this week, and then it shows up on some site like that. Um, so I pulled these for you, because, and they're really, these are really, really dorky articles, okay. but I, I wanted to sort of address them uh, just because... I don't know. Just because I figured at some point we'd have like four minutes to fill while waiting for Jim Roof. And this so, is that four minutes. So we have we have your choice, Sarah. Uh, this and just think other programs make an entire uh, make an entire day out of this. We have your choice. We have what his breakup lines really mean, or the four fights that men fear the most. Oh, I like the breakup lines one better. All right. So here's the thing. Uh, I will read you, Sarah, his breakup line. You tell me what it really means. Okay. All right. Uh, I still care about you. And keep in mind, these are breakup lines. This isn't something he says in a relationship. This is something uh, when the breakup is happening or has just happened. He says, I still care about you. After we finish this conversation, I never want to see your face again. Is that your final answer? This is according to Cosmo, by the way. Yes. All right. Now, according to Cosmo, uh, when a guy says, I still care about you, the translation is, I was wondering if these things are accurate at all. And Of course they're not accurate. It's just some person like you or me who started as an intern who's trying to, like, you know, make their way in the glamorous world of magazines trying to pretend like they're a professional. No, it's true. I was, and I was actually just going to say, I think, is this written by a man or a woman? Oh, it's written by a guy. I was going to say, if it's written by a woman, how does she know? Okay, it's written by a guy, by Dave something. Uh, I still care about you. The translation allegedly is, please don't tell your friends I'm a jerk. Says, the truth is, Sarah, huh. he probably does care about you. Still cares that you do well, that you find someone and get what you want. But he's also saying, please don't tell your friends to cross me off their list. <laughs> so I still want to hump your friends, yes, basically. Yes, exactly. The relationship may be broken, but it's a pretty big concern that his relationship, or his reputation, rather, remains intact. So that's totally what it is. That's the you and I are are you know dumb, but I might want to pork one of your friends. So please don't tell them uh, what an a hole I am. And you always do anyway. I mean... Oh, totally. Yeah. All right. How about this one? Can I call you sometime? This is after the breakup. What does that mean? Yes. After 2 a.m. when the bar is closed. It's, it's exactly. <laughs> it says, I swear to God, the translation, if you're ever lonely at 3 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> yep. He may or may not be that crass, Sarah, but he is trying to keep the door open. If he's the one doing the ditching, then he's trying to lead you to believe that a break will strengthen the possibilities of some kind of rekindled romance in the future. If he's the victim, he's trying to hang on to any slim chance he may have in the future with you. Either way, uh, beware of the drunk dialing X, Sarah. All right. Yes, sir. Okay, two more. Okay. Uh, and, Richie, can you drop CNN a call and uh, make sure that we're still on with El Rupe at uh, 210 here? All right. Two more. These are what his breakup lines really means. Uh, it's not you, it's me. 
It's you. Yes, totally. That's exactly what it is. It's, that's one third of men admit they're lying when they blame themselves for the demise of a relationship. Of course, they're trying to soften the blow a bit to ensure that you know you're a great person. And haven't we all find our, found ourselves saying it's you, it's me? And it sounds so cliche, but at the same time, that's like one of the only things that you can say. Because what else are you going to say? What? You are a whore. <laughs> that's. I mean, yeah. That's. There's. There's it's no not other. Working for me. I detest everything about you. Uh, as uh, as as the late Sam Kinison once said, that you always find yourself saying things like, "I really need some space." When really, you know, what you really want to say is like, "I have to drink a six pack of Heineken to keep from cutting off your head and putting it in a camera bag." <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, he says, of course, if you really were the right one, it wouldn't matter whether his mind was somewhere in Iceland. He'd find a way to make it work. It is you. And finally, uh, I'm not ready for a relationship right now. With you. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. He's ready for a relationship just with someone else. So there you go. Well done, Sarah. Thank you, Rick Emerson. You see deep inside the male mind. It's true. All those breakups in my life have amounted to something. Yes. They've all been building to this moment where I get four Cosmo quiz questions right. <laughs> it's Thank all you, been, Rick. It's all been worth it for that, Sarah. That really is the payoff. Well done. Okay. Um so is there a I saw him on the phone. I don't know. Um, well, I saw Richie dialing out, so I'm waiting to see. I've got one other thing to read, and so I'm waiting to see if I should do that or if I should go ahead and just start the... Uh... Did you want to do the other Cosmo Wait, one? he's going to call oh. us back. No, you got to start it, and then that's when he'll call. Okay, well, i got two things then. I've got the, the other Cosmo thing, or I've got... Uh, do you know who Sarah Evans is? The actress? Uh, no, she's a country singer. Oh, oh no. that's Roop. Okay, that's Roop right there. I don't have time for either of them now. Well, we'll do one of them. The Sarah Evans story is really, really great. The other Cosmo thing is decent. And then when Tim gets back in, I've got this Barack Obama thing to talk about. Okay. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From Los Angeles. CNN Radio Correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir. Howdy do, sir. How is life, brother? How was your weekend? It was pretty good. It's at... Uh, I don't know. I was going to ask something dumb like, did you drink deep from the cup of life? But I don't even know what that I means. Really. drink deep. <laughs> See, there you go. So that, you, know? it's, you still made an oop out of that alley. Well a, done. It, well, I didn't even use a cup. A uh, bottle. <laughs> Just drank deep out of the, uh, out of the, the, the paper sacked bag, the <laughs> paper sacked bottle of life. Right, man. All right. Hey, so I'm confused about something. So, there's, uh, so it, says, um, it says, it's the week we've been waiting for since the strike. Favorite TV shows uh, return. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty fast turnaround, though. Yeah, well, some of them, uh, some of the uh, the shows that don't have to shoot on location, they have their sets they can build. Mm -hmm. They actually aired a couple of weeks ago. I mean, one or two shows. I think um, uh, Two and a Half Men, I think, came back early because they're just strictly on a set. Right. So they were able to get in there and knock out a couple of episodes. Plus, a lot of these shows, they're doing nine episodes. I mean, it, it, so when you add that to what they've already done, um, the, a full season right. can actually happen. Problem now is though there's all kinds of crap going on with between Aftra and SAG and well they split or something right there was yeah a, and so there's so I guess so does this mean there's some other strike looming in the future looks that way oh uh, that's great that's one I think it depends whichever of the two gets to producers first will probably get the better deal and so the other union then will strike and so. Let me just back. Let me, so let's say that the SAG union uh, gets the deal first, then the television actors will strike, and that'll just basically put us back in the same crap we were in before. If they don't get the same deal, they will strike. That'd be the worst thing because it's it's television again. You know, so what? The movies right. keep going. Uh, the smartest thing would be if I was a, uh, I mean, if 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 I was a producer, 
or a director of, or, or a, a person in a, doing a network show, I'd say, okay, great. I'll take this money and I'll go get George Clooney to appear on Two and a Half Men right. and forget Charlie Sheen. Now, you know, I mean, I don't know that that would happen, but SAG and AFTRA have not been great bedfellows since they merged. Now, are they fighting over the same uh, the same thing? I think it's a soap opera issue. I think soap operas are uh, are looking for more stuff in the contract, and SAG's going, "Shut up, let's get just just get a deal going." <laughs> so they decided to, well, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna. Break away. Right. Well, fine. Break away. You know, the, the television. The uh, well, you were saying something like the, the TV industry had already cost California like a billion dollars yeah. or something? Yeah, so two billion. It does seem like at this point, uh, you know, if they do this again, like if they screw the public again, it's going to have double the effect of last time because everybody's just going to kind of wash their hands of it, I would think. I would think so, yeah. And, I mean, the only thing, the only the people that are making out like bandits are these stupid reality shows and game shows because right. the only game show. That is that has union writers uh, is uh, Jeopardy, right? And they have no actors. Alan uh, Alex Trebek is a member of AFTRA, I'm sure. Hey, is that guy out of the hospital yet? Yeah, I think so. Because you know, I, I was like flipping by and I saw some Jeopardy thing the other day. Yeah, he was, was in the hospital uh, several weeks ago. Yeah, I was trying to figure out whether it was a new one or not, and I realized that there's really no way to deduce whether a Jeopardy episode is new. I mean, it's just a thing that can't. No, there's do. not. There are no tells on that show. That guy could be dead for all I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he is. <laughs> I wonder how much knowledge he actually has now after doing that show. This, this popular game show host is now residing in a small tin. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. That was that was beyond the pale. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, there are. Uh, you got uh, Vanna White and Pat Sajak too, who have been around. Oh man. I saw a picture of Vanna White when I was in Las Vegas. Uh, you will appreciate this. So I was at the El Cortez, as you know. Yeah. And in uh, the hotel room in Vegas, at the El Cortez, they I wore my El Cortez shirt proudly, by the way. On, I wore it to work on Friday. And I had That's a, a cool shirt. I had several people, though, didn't think it was That's real. Fair. I had a bunch of people who thought it was one of those, like, fake shirts that, like, the kids wear for, like, a non-existent business, or it's like a fake hamburger stand or something. Like, they didn't think the Elk because it's such a cheap-ass-looking shirt. It's like a bad iron-on that you would get out of a cereal box or something. It's just terrible. Uh, but when I was at the El Cortez, the uh, magazine that they had on the bedside table, like the in-room magazine, was actually an industry magazine all about the slot machine industry. And it was called, like, Slot Talk or something. And it was... Is some magazine, I guess, just for casino owners by slot machine manufacturers. And the cover story was all about the Wheel of Fortune slot machine, which apparently for more than a decade has been the single most profitable and popular slot machine in Vegas. And, uh, and anyway, and so the, 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 they were talking about some, they did some shindig to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the Wheel of Fortune slot machine. And I guess they couldn't get Pat Sager, but they got Vanna White. And wow, she was just, it's like a, just, just like a, just looked like jerky with hair. I mean, just all kinds of bad and leathery and the. Really. Yeah, she did not look. Uh, and it was taken like in some, like clearly like some some five dollar reporter took it. Like it was I, not taken under studio conditions. I haven't seen her in a long time. I saw Pat Sajak at uh, Ronald Reagan's funeral. Re he's got the head. He's got a forehead, man. <laughs> he's that alien. I'm, it's like alien forehead. It's, it's very big. The thing about Pat Sajak is very tall. Yeah, and God bless him. God love him. His success, you know, it's a difficult industry. But I, Pat Sajak is one of those guys where you say, like, well, what could he possibly do? Like, he is the blandest person. I would say Pat Sajak is our blandest celebrity. 
I mean, I can't think of a oh, single interesting thing about him. You know I what I thought mean? it would be a kick to host a game show. Well, but, I think I'd be fired the first week. I think hosting a game show... Oh, let me just tell you this. Okay, so since we're talking about game shows, you know, we didn't get a chance to do this, but, you know, they have this game show in Vegas where they replicate the prices, right? Uh... And they do it like three times a day. It's at some casinos, like at the Rio or someplace, where you go there, and three times a day they do a whole Price is Right production, uh, and where you get a chance to go up and spin the wheel and everything. It was like all of my uh, all of my childhood fantasies come true. That and there's another game show where I swear to God on one stage it's Bob Eubanks, Chuck Woolery, and Mash's Jamie Farr. And oh, I saw when I was in Vegas last time. I saw those uh, billboards. I we wanted to go see it, but it was an, it, it, we had missed the final taping, and it was like forty five dollars or something to get oh, into it. Yeah. So I mean, we were like, f that. Oh, but, we're splitting that three ways. Oh man, but it was great. <laughs> but but Chuck Woolery, Bob Eubanks, and Jamie Farr on one stage. I mean, America really is just the well, weirdest. I, I don't get the Jamie Farr connection. Well, uh, I know he was on a couple of game shows. He was on the Gong Show. Yeah, but the, you know, then where's Chuck Barris? I uh, see. That was our thing. We were thinking, well, why are there two? game show host and then like Klinger from MASH. Yeah. And we thought that maybe they couldn't, uh, we were trying to think of another person. We thought of Chuck Barris and we figured he was probably sort of bigger than that, as dumb as that sounds, because he's had that book and the movie and everything. And or, or Peter Marshall or, or Monty Hall. Monty Hall. And we thought that maybe uh, that there was some sort of, uh, that like uh, Bob Eubanks and Chuck Woolery, that they had sort of a detente, but that they didn't want a third person divvying up the game show host spotlight with them. Oh. So we thought it might have been a thing where their agents demanded that the third person not be a game show host. But be a guest. Yeah, but be a guest. But be, you know, the, the guy who's different. You know, the one thing that's different from everybody else. My favorite game show host was Gene Rayburn. Gene Rayburn. Because he could be, you know, he was good at sliding those double entendres in there, you know. And in the 70s, that was, that was very risque. I also was, a, uh, I was also a fan of Wink Martindale. Really? I watched Wink Martindale on Tic Tac Doe. That yeah, was one of my... Uh... He's kind of a mean guy to me uh, a couple of times. I, I don't like him. Very Wink much. Martindale was mean to you? Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of... He's very he's very into himself and is very... He likes his teeth. <laughs> well, look, at my, look at my teeth. Who who doesn't? Yeah. Um, All right. Hey, who was the... mine to chew. Now I'm trying to remember the... Uh... Do you remember that show, Sale of the Century? Yeah. Who was the host of that? Don't ask me. I can't remember. I can picture him, but for the life of me. It was one of those guys, like, remember Card Sharks? Yeah. I, I know, like, I see that guy, but I don't know who he is. Yeah, I can't remember either. So I'm thinking about Sale of the Century because they had two, now we've just gone completely off the point, but it, I remember they had these two great things on Sale of the Century that to my then, like, 11-year-old mind were fascinating. One is they had a powder blue Cadillac, which I somehow thought was the height of excellence. They were, <laughs> I mean, you can really tell even then what demographic they were going Win this powder blue Cadillac. And I remember seeing it as a kid going, that is like, the, even to this day, this is how dumb I am. To this day, that show had a big enough impact on me that occasionally if I see a pale blue Cadillac, I still think in my head, go, that is the height of luxury. <laughs> that is how you know you have arrived when you are driving a powder blue Cadillac. I mean, I think if I had an infinite amount of money at my disposal, if I did win like Powerball tomorrow, I think I might buy what powder blue Cadillac just to kind of have it around. Just because in my head it's still like righteous, you know. Would you make? Would it be a convertible? Uh, this was not a convertible. It was not even a convertible. It's just a Cadillac powder blue. See, if I'm gonna drive anything powder blue, it better be a convertible. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It had horrible hubcaps. Horrible, like weird, wiry hubcaps. That's all I remember. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, there was that, and the other great thing they had on sale of the century is uh, the big prize was not the powder blue Cadillac. The big prize was a see-through briefcase filled with cash, 
And, I remember that. And I don't even think they told you how much was in it. They would just, he would hold up this briefcase that I thought was glass as a kid, but was obviously just clear plastic. But it was a briefcase made of clear plastic, and it was filled uh, with $100 bills. I remember that. Yeah. And I have no idea how much was in there, but when you, but that is the sort of cheap visual gag that really goes a long way uh, when you're either very old or very young or very drunk. Uh, and you just think it's fantastic. Jim Perry. Jim Perry. There you go. And he had one of the old skinny Bob Barker microphones. That's the yeah. other thing I remember. And the guy would say, you know, blah, 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 all this and more on sale of the century. And that yeah. was the huge opening. So it's kind of weird what things lodge in your brain from when you're like 11, you know? Uh, well, the transparent briefcase full of cash. That is pretty great. You know, that's what makes this country America. I like that better than the sky blue Cadillac. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Well, there, glad we had this talk about game shows. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're my, breaking news tomorrow. My friend, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Thank brother. You. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. James Roop, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad that you guys got to bond over that and I got oh, to man. save that. <laughs> All right. It's, uh... I, by the way, I didn't want to interrupt you, but... I can totally see you driving a powder blue Cadillac. Oh, man. It was I so absol- cool. More than any car ever. That's a weird thing it to is say. Weird. Really? It is weird. I can't see you driving anything else, but for some reason I can see you driving powder a blue Cadillac. powder blue Cadillac. Yeah. All right. Uh, we should take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, Tim Riley around the corner. Uh, and uh, like us at 3, Donna Mike at 7, and so forth. I can't believe it's 2.30. I feel like we've accomplished nothing today. Oh, I feel quite opposite. I mean, I feel like it's been an amusing program. We just haven't gotten anything done. Nothing accomplished. All right. Uh, back after this, Tim Riley around the corner. Say there, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Now, this guy wants to know who hosted Joker's Wild. Wait, was that Wink Martindale? I think so. I get them all confused. Game shows really are of a certain breed. They are all kind of bland in the same sort of way. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rick. Oh, this is from way early in the show. Rick, it may be unpopular, but that warning video about gays you played at the beginning of the show is dead on. You know, a while back, I went bowling with a local Portlander, and when I wasn't looking, he tried to slip the gay into my drink. He then let me know that payment was expected. Rick, they're out there, and they want to feed on your soul. You know, you never know. Boys, beware, indeed. All right. Uh, Let's see. We've got... Bowling sugar daddies. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to do a hold my bowling bag. There's nothing. I got... Sorry. From the Ministry of Truth. Couldn't make it work. This is Tim Riley. Oregon farmers are hoping that the state's finest minds will help them figure out what's causing the sudden decline of Oregon's bee population. Now, bees are critical for the pollination of Oregon crops, including pears and cranberries. But commercial bee colonies that travel around the state to pollinate those crops have been decimated in recent years. There are no bees available to travel. This is caused by a mysterious malady loosely known as colony collapse disorder. Now, the missing bees affect the entire food chain. Growers, beekeepers, others around the state are holding their breath until next week at a meeting on Corvallis to make sure the increasing research about honey bee health and pollinators in Oregon takes a giant step forward. I'm sorry, they're holding their breasts <laughs> until next week? Breasts. <laughs> 
They may be. I yeah. mean, that's fine with me. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, to, to each her own. I think it's hard to get things stir. done, but... <laughs> be very distracting. <laughs> that would be... Everybody hold your breath since the next week, starting now. All right. Uh, hey, Rick, I was driving through northwest Portland this morning and happened to pass the Blanchette House. Uh said, so you see men down in their luck lined up there. Here is a link regarding it. Apparently, the Blanchette House is a... Um, I guess it's a... Um, it's a recovery center. Uh, for those who are disadvantaged or perhaps fighting some sort of a chemical or alcoholic dependency. No. He says, did you notice the billboard across the street? Directly across the street from this recovery center is a giant Bushmills billboard. <laughs> Bushmills Irish whiskey. The slogan is, men who drink together stick together. Thought you'd like to see it. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. I've seen that sign. That sign seems inappropriate everywhere I see it. Especially across the street from a recovery center. They're everywhere. It's like men who drink together. It's basically... Maybe they, uh, maybe they just know their demographic. All right. Uh, let's see. Before we do anything else, we got some of these uh, calls coming up. Let me just play a little something for you. Now, you, this is, you know, you all know this song by now, I, I would hope. Let me see if I can. So this is Timmy Ryan. I was tired of my party. We were down on our luck. With lifetime politicians. Only out for a buck. Okay, does he sound like somebody to you? Home one evening, reading Craigslist online. And I have to say, by the way, this occurred to me on Friday. Ooh, PSO for 28 digs. Oh, really? Yeah. Excellent, thank you. Uh, I, I heard this on Friday and didn't make any observation about it because I thought maybe I was the only one. Over the weekend, I got two different emails from people who said, hey, have you noticed that Timmy Ryan sounds just like blank? Uh, now, mm-hmm. Tim, can you write yours down? Yes. No, write it down, and I'm going to see if you've come up with the same thing that I came up with and that these people came up with. And in the personal section, okay. you Pens know pose caught my eye. I'll let it go through, because uh, you can never hear this song enough. Oh, by the way, we have a listener who uh, believes he's going to be able to get this is smuggled onto a, a national radio show. Which will definitely be enough to win you that uh, DVD, uh, the, tr- the trilogy, the Star Wars trilogy. Go through one more set of verses here. I've examined the options. I can really hear it now. And the other contenders seem like the same old routine. So I responded to the post. When this whole thing is done, I'm never going to want to hear this song again, by the way. I'm not tired of it yet. I will be, though. I, I can see I'm the fatigue coming. I thought it struck the right tone. All right. Any guess, Sarah? No, not a clue. All right. Uh, Richie, what are these people calling about here? Are they, uh, are they all calling about Joker's Wild? All right. So here's the thing. I'm going to go through. I'm going to clear up a couple lines. And we'll see if anybody uh, in the audience uh, can uh, guess. Would it be who someone it I'd be familiar about. with? Yes, yes. If you live in America, you'd be familiar with this oh, person. Oh wait, let me write. Can write I write one down? down? Yeah, don't say it. Just write it down. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Rat. What's up? Uh, Joker's Wild was the guy who was on Quiz Show, Barry or whatever. I keep thinking Chuck Berry, but clearly that's a whole different game show. Uh, whatever the guy was who was the host of that show. Wait, you're talking about the guy who was the host of the real life of tw- of 21? Of 21, yes. He got kicked out and then came back and made his millions 
hosting Joker's Wild. Well, now I don't even remember. Oh, Tim, who hosted 21, the scandal-ridden quiz show from the 50s? Jack. Jack Bailey? Jack Berry. Jack Berry. Jack Berry. Jack, Jack Berry. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying Jack Berry was the host of Joker's Wild. Yes, he was. I, right. think, yeah, I think he's okay, right. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. i got to go look it up. All right, thank you. You bet. All right, excellent. I like Joker's Wild because it was a huge uh, slot machine thing you pulled. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for gimmicks like that. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. I was just going to note on sale of the century, wasn't there $1 million cash in the transparent briefcase? Maybe. That, I, that, was their, that was their stick. It was like 83, 84. And it it couldn't have been a million dollars. There was no way it could have been a million dollars. That I, was, I think, well, remember they had the $100,000 pyramid. That's what it went yeah. up to, right? But, I mean, right. there was no way that a game show was offering a million dollars because wasn't that the big thing about who wants to be a millionaire is that nobody had ever before offered that much money? Yeah, well, basically, but it, just like everything else in television, it's a half-truth. It was the same sort of structure in Sale of the Century, as you mentioned, where it, it was incremental, the prize money. It went up and up, and hardly anyone ever got up above 500000 But I remember the first time a guy got to a million, it was a couple in the question. Hello? You can't You know, I just that, had dude. to bleep that, right? No, no, he he, okay. he just... He okay, let's... No, 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 no. Don't repeat let's, it. Let's, okay. Don't, whatever you think, it, that was let's, okay. It's, yeah, it wasn't. I just okay. did have to bleep Please. that. All right. Well, uh, the Visto also used to come in a passion fruit flavor. The Visto is a great beverage. And uh, Ralph Nader, in 2000, when he was campaigning, said the best thing that could happen to the uh, Democratic Party is the George W. Bush presidency. And he was right. So. All right. Thank you. Well, wait, wait, wait. Can I throw it a slow? No. No. Bye. Bye now. Thanks so much. That guy, you gotta say, he made effective use of his really? time. Yeah, no, I mean, really. He got out like 27 points. You can't come on and, as part of your call, relay a story about a guy who said something you're not supposed to say on TV and then, like, claim that you're, it's okay to say it on the radio. That's, it doesn't really work that way. Jesus. Even if we misheard that, that sounded like something. Really, honestly, say. yeah. Uh, one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hey, I want to know if I get a consolation prize for at least trying to get it on the radio this weekend. Uh, where did you're talking about the Barack Obama song? What station did you try to get it on? I called KUFO when Timmy Ryan was working on Saturday morning. <laughs> I think that's cheating, sir. I don't know that that counts. But thanks so much. Oh, come on. No, no. Bye. Oh. Bye now. Thanks. No, but, you know, points for chutzpah. All right, Sarah, do you have your guess? You've written it down? Yeah, but I don't think Tim, uh, Tim and I would know the same artists. Well, that's possible. Not, All right, so I'm going to play this, and then we're going to see if you guys come up with the same... Uh, and this isn't dead on. I'm not like I 100% believe in this. I'm just guessing. Uh, I had come up on the Friday an idea of who he sounded like here. I was tired of my party. Especially right yeah. there, that opening line. Oh, and two God. listeners were like, hey, he sounds like so-and-so. All right, Tim, your guess? All right, can you pot me up? Yeah, is, is Tim potted up? All right, go ahead. That's actually not who I was thinking of, but I could see that. Oh, should I be finding mine? Wait, hang on. James Blunt. In a crowded place. And I don't know can, I, can I admit something? I kind of like this song. Maybe Kimmy Ryan should do it. It's I, I mean, I hate to say that. I know you're not supposed to admit you're liking... You're supposed to laugh and make fun of me. I know. I, I know you're not supposed to like this song. I know it's like a rule. That you're supposed to, I mean, I'm sick of it like everybody else is. It's not a bad song. I mean, I have to sort of, I have to kind of admit to that. Did you like this new song? Try not to think less of me for liking that song. 
Um, All right, should I play what I think it is? Okay, so this so that's Tim's James Bond. That's actually hold on a second. Uh, let me just now I got to listen to it thinking of James Blunt. Yeah, I, they were playing that song at my dentist's office. Actually, You're beautiful. Confident. I can totally see that. We were down on our luck with lifetime politicians. You're beautiful. All right. Okay, yours, Sarah. What is your guess? Jimmy T, really? <laughs> wow. This is not what I was thinking of. <laughs> I can hear it a little. Hold on, now I gotta. I like that song too, by the way. I was tired of my party. Down on our yeah, I don't know that I hear that. With lifetime politicians. Maybe. Has he got the same sort of breathy thing going on there? And kind of nasal a little bit. All right. Okay. So you want to hear? Let me play you what I thought he sounded like. Right. And I had several listeners uh, agree with me on this. They sort of independent of one another. Now I've got that James Blunt song stuck in my head. <laughs> It's it's not a bad song. That's the thing. And you're never you're, like in polite company. We're all supposed to pretend we hate it. But it was playing in the dentist's office, and I was kind of kind of grooving out to it a little bit. Uh, Please don't say grooving. It's got a hip uh, beat, and I can groove to it. All right, this is who Timmy Ryan sounds like to me. Grandma got run over by what? I, okay, listen to this. Walking home from our house Just internalize this. You can say there's no such thing as Santa. No, no, no. Just, it'll make sense. Listen, and then we'll go back to Timmy. She'd been drinking too much eggnog. And we begged her not to go. Right here, the little spoken word part here. But she forgot her medication. And she staggered out the door into the snow. Okay, now remember he, that. He kind of talks, sings. Keep it in your mind. Keep it in your mind. What Dr. Elmo sounds like. Think a younger Dr. Elmo. I was tired of <laughs> I suppose. Okay, we okay, compared, yes. I, okay, I agree. Okay, I didn't we agree when I heard it. Politicians. Yeah, Dr. Elmo's son. Only okay. for a buck. Timmy Ryan is Dr. Elmo. Timmy Ryan is Dr. Elmo. Reading Craigslist online. Right there. Oh, jeez. And in the personal section, you know this pose caught my eye. So there you go. So the good news is, if you like Barack Obama. Let me hit that post there. Um, if we ever need a Dr. Elmo-style parody, we've got the man in the house to do it. We can redo that interview again. That was so well. <laughs> we can do it every week. Fantastic. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman in the history uh, of uh, everything. Back at 4, 5, 6, and 7. Top of the other way through like us. Back with your phone calls after this. And be an agent of change. I've examined the options on the political scene. And the other contenders seem like the same old routine. So I responded to the posting with an ad of my own. And though I'm not much of a writer, I thought it struck the right tone. If you like Barack Obama, 
The verse is more of the same If you're not into Clinton If you're not former king And if you want to make a difference In the OA campaign Vote with me for Obama And be an agent of change If you like Barack Obama Versus more of the same If you're not into Clinton If you're not formal cane This is one of those shows where we're done and we've been here for four hours, and I don't know what we did. I, I am agreeing with you. I really don't think that we've done anything of substance. We accomplished today. nothing today. We still have five minutes to remove just take some phone calls or something. Yes, let's do that. Uh, don't forget, Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11, uh, coming up Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. More details on that this week. Uh, people have been asking uh, where it's going to be. They've been asking the location. Uh, the location will be unveiled this week, I believe. So be listening. Uh, Rick Emerson. It's a good location. It is. You're going to be happy. I'm, I'm very, really, very happy and excited about it. Clear the date, as they say. Uh, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m., Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11. Details uh, to come. All right, let's just take these. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Random caller, hello. Hey, Rick, sir. It's Mailman Brian. What's up, brother? Hey, so uh, my, my wife actually had a guest for who Timmy Ryan sounded like on that song. He sounded like a much younger and less talented Neil Sedaka, actually. A less talented Neil Sedaka. That burns. <laughs> who, really gets, well, who really gets referred to as that? Um, Timmy Ryan. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. People are now uh, sending me uh, links to all the places where they have submitted the, if you like, Barack Obama video. So thank you, everybody. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Oh, well, thank you. Here's a great one. This guy says, Rick, is it just me, or does that Barack Obama song get longer and longer each time you play it? Are you sl sl slyly slowing it down every time? It seems really, really slow. Uh, anywho. Uh, yes, hello. Listen, I need to talk about Amsterdam. All right. By the way, he also says, "Can uh, now that you've discovered you have a Dr. Elmo doppelganger, can Obama got run over by a reindeer be far behind? Oh, God, I say, you know, who you're, who you're totally missing is Groucho Marx. In what sense? I look at his show and watch it, but I, I have to tell you about Amsterdam, please. Okay. okay. All right. No great. one's stopping you. All right. There's a great uh, area in Amsterdam. It's called the Canal Zone, and it's a red light district. And uh, a long time ago, many years ago, I, I was working overseas, and uh, one of my coworkers came over with his wife to Amsterdam, and I ran ahead of them about 20 feet, and paid a hooker $40 to come out of her window, which looks like 23rd Street, and just run up to him and say, Billy, 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 I missed you so much. And he was with his wife. That's genius. What a good friend you are. <laughs> now, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> and I'm... There you go. Thanks so much. <laughs> the hookers in the windows Bye are now. the coolest thing because they have these full... These, Thank you, sir. These sets, and, like, they're they're either doing things, like, some of them will be, like, dressed as housewives, and they'll be, like, cleaning dishes and stuff in these window sets, and you're not allowed to take any pictures of them. So, they're, like, these giant bouncers standing out in front of the windows. Weird. It's totally bizarre, and they're just in the windows on display, like, for purchase. People. And you go in, you go, like, number five. Yep. You go in, you're just, like, you plunk down, I guess, 40 bucks or whatever. Interesting. 
Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Amsterdam seems like a place that might scare me a little no, bit. No, it's beautiful, though, with the river running through it and all the old buildings. And see, the that's museums. my thing is, like, I'm such an American, and I just get all my information you from, like, sitcoms. You would absolutely, you'd love the clash of culture and smarm. Like, you would love it. See, yeah, it, because I just get all of my knowledge uh, from, like, comedians and whatever. Like, I, in my head, Amsterdam is always just, like, this dimly lit Literally uh, like a red light district where everything's just red light and it's just whores and needles no, everywhere. It's one of the most beautiful cities I've ever seen. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. You know, I didn't think it was possible, but that uh, that song is getting old quicker than the James Blunt song did. Now, no, the, uh, that, the Barack Obama song is, it's going to have a fast burn factor, but the thing is, we got to keep playing it but, until somebody succeeds in getting it on another radio station. It's, it's not just because it's a parody, but you know who he sounds like is Weird Al Yankovic. Somebody else mentioned that. I don't really hear that as much as I hear the Dr. Elmo, but I, I guess anything's possible. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Whatever. All right. Uh, how long do we have here? Uh, about a minute and a half. A minute and a half. Okay. Let's see here. Hi. We'll just take uh, calls until the end here. It's 503-733-2970. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Good afternoon. Hello. Re regarding the uh, guy you're not supposed to like or the song you're not supposed to like, did you see Family Guy is a few weeks back, and the opening five minutes was just one of the best ever. They started talking about how... Barry Manilow was going to be in town, and he was just an awful guy that, you know, all those bad songs. And they're just sitting around the bar, and all of a sudden Peter goes, yeah, except for Weekend in New England, that wasn't too bad. And then Quagmire goes, well, yeah, Mandy wasn't that bad either. And then they started listing off all these, and then they start singing. Next thing you know, they're all at front row concert at Barry Manilow. That's pretty great. Uh, it it was excellent. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. All right. I really wish that you had the love for Family Guy. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know what it is. I uh, I think after you get over your mental block about it, you might like it. Maybe. I uh, I don't know. I've just, I, I don't know why Family Guy. And, you know, here's the thing. Anytime I've flipped by and sort of seen it in progress, I always think to myself, what a what a witty program that is. I just, I, I just have zero desire to sort of sit down and watch it, you know, like an episode of it. I, I mean, it certainly seems to be well done. I think the people who do Family Guy, they, I mean, they, they this sounds like such a like a I'm being that guy again. I'm being on passive. Well, I mean, they're good at what they're they good at do. what they do. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm not really into it, but uh, you know what what they do, they're pretty good at that. I just there's there's I do you and you're right when you say that it's a mental block. I think I've just convinced myself like I've made it in in my head into this thing that I just loathe, uh, and yet every time um, I flip by and watch it, I do kind of laugh, and then but it just doesn't hold my attention. I think that's the problem with Family Guy. All right. Final call of the day. Don't be terrible. <laughs> Me? Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. We want to thank CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, Lisa Desjardins, <laughs> James James Roop, uh, and Dennis Pitzenbarger, and uh, so forth. All right. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM970 Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phone. Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, is Dave Zinn. Webmistress Bridget from upstairs, director of engineering for CBS Radio Portland. He's Brian Jones and CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Reynolds, back from vacation. Like us next, Donna Mike at 7, see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. for the recap, 11 for the show. And all of the bastards, great down. Thank you for listening. I'm huge. Bye. Oh, oh, oh.